Hello, and welcome to Horror Movies and Shit. I'm your host, Jim, and with me as always is... A slightly tipsy Mark. <laughs> and we have a special guest today. Say hi, Joe. Hi, I'm Joe, and I'm sober. I, I'm not, so I'm drinking for, uh, for, yeah, for Mark, all three of us, I think. Yeah, Mark will take care of all three of us. Don't worry. No problem. No problem. <laughs> I have my Diet Coke and my uh, throat lozenges. Uh, cof- <laughs> coffee and water here. Oh, I had my coffee already, so I'm good there. Oh, you, oh, you two crazy kids. <laughs> I'm, a, so Mark, I'm a coffee junkie. Yeah, me too. Mark, why have you dragged us all here today? Uh, I, I, well, basically because, uh, you know, earlier on my, uh, my favorite soccer team um, just won the, the League Cup. So I thought we'd spend an hour or so discussing that. Okay, well, stop. Let's not, <laughs> let's not start the podcast off with a lie. <laughs> We've never spent an hour on anything. <laughs> no, we usually spend like three hours. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, um, so Joe wanted to come on, and he had sort of carte blanche as far as, hey, he just wants to talk horror movies. So me being the imaginative one, I came up with the topic. Uh, Jim just sits there and just waits for me to think of things. Yeah, I, right, right. Yeah, I, right. I don't do anything. Well, yeah, it, you know, it, it, if if we put it in movie terms, I would be like the scriptwriter slash director, and you'd be like the head of the accounting firm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hmm. yeah, and here, here, I thought I did the editing and post production and and all of that. Yeah, yeah you do all the hard really, work. I was really wrong, huh? <laughs> you do all the manual labor. I I do all the thinking. Yeah, you, you do all the creative stuff. Right. I get it. I get it. <laughs> So what is our topic, Jim? So we, Mark has decided in his infinite wisdom, and Joe, I hope this wasn't as difficult for you as it was for Mark, because I think he punished himself more with this topic than than he did the two of us. Mark has decided we're going to go from the 1920s and pick our movie from every decade all the way up to 2020. Right. Yeah. I, I didn't have I didn't have too much of a problem. I had a little bit of a problem the early on years because right. I don't really go back that far. So I think fifties and up is my deal. So uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens on the early <laughs> ones. <laughs> uh, no judgment, Joe. No judgment. Yeah, and and so you know I I haven't watched a ton of older movies, and as I was going through this looking at the ratio of number of like horror movies compared to the decade, right? So the earlier ones, obviously there's less horror movies because there was less movies in general. Yeah. I, I think probably the 1940s was a decade, which, you know, with that ratio of the number of horror movies and the number of horror movies I've seen, that's probably the one that's like the biggest hole that I have. You think so? Yeah. I think so too, because it seems like after the thirties that the horror that Universal did was kind of a flash in the pan. Yeah. And then people kind of tuned out until the atomic age came in. Yeah, that's not right. You got got a lot of the sci fi goodness in the fifties, right? But the forties, obviously, you know, (laughs) World War Two. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, that kind of got in the way too. But you Um, get a lot of really good stuff towards the end of the fifties comes in. Oh yeah, that you can really see that there's like generational turns, yeah. In the car, mm-hmm. Especially um, end of fifties, sixties, seventies, into the eighties. Um, Jim, I, I have a question for you though before we begin. Oh Lord, okay. 
So how many of your uh, favorites from these decades are based solely on nostalgia? I. Zero. You walk no, shut your mouth. <laughs> based on movies that you watched when you were maybe seven to fourteen, um, only only the movies from the eighties and nineties. So the other ones stand on their own merits. Yes, I I think they do. Yes. Okay, Jim, I want to give I want you to give us your rating of your movies. What, what's my scale this time? One to ten. Yeah, but th- there has to be a kitch. What's the kitch? No. I'm just interested because you're it, so It can't hard. just be 1 to 10. No. you, you got to give me a kitsch. What are we doing? Skulls? Ghosts? What are we doing? Uh, <laughs> one, one, one to 10 um, ghost rape movies. Okay. Oh, ghost rape movies? Oh, Jesus I, Christ. I'm never going to live that story down. One mom. time, Joe, one time my mother let me watch a movie that I didn't understand, and Mark is going to hold it over my head for the rest of my life. So Wait, did uh, did you say did you say ghost rape? Yes, 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 okay. yes we did. Okay. So so Jim and his mom, uh, whenever Jim was like a little lad, um, they sat together and watched the entity. And um, how old were you, Jim? Eight. Uh, somewhere between nine and eleven. <laughs> so so ten. I don't know. It's somewhere in that age range. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that, you know, I think that's uh, factors uh, in Jim's life. Anyway, so um, Joe, I don't know if you have picks from like the twenties, thirties, forties, or fifties. Do you have those? Or I kind of just threw one down for the twenties. Okay. Um, but I definitely have thirties, forties. I kind of threw one down. I've seen once. Because, right. like you said, there's it's sort of a black hole. Yes. Um, but 50s, 60s, 70s, all the way up is really easy. Um, and I tend to watch a lot of cult classic movies, so I've revisited a lot of the old stuff, so I'm pretty familiar. Very cool. So uh, why don't you kick us off with the 1920s, and Jim can uh, give his, and if you want to talk about it. or I, I wrote down... Uh, <laughs> As the decades went on, I've got more honorable mentions, but I have a couple that, you know, yeah. if you don't bring up that, I just want to Yeah, mention. I did the same thing for the later years. I put like, <laughs> what was my top, and then I put like a runner-up. Right. Um, yeah, I, did, I didn't do that. For the 20s, I just kind of put down Hunchback. Mm. Um, okay. Was, was that Claude Rains? Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think. Was it, no, was it Claude Rains or Lon Chaney? Hmm. Uh, let's I don't know. Uh, that I, should was have, I should have done some research. But, <laughs> so, and like I said, I just kind of tossed that one. I think I've seen it once. Um, I'm just not, I'm not really, I think the only silent movie I've seen all the way through is um, Metropolis. Okay. First line. So, it was Lon um, Chaney, by the way. Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I mean, whenever you look back in the, you know, the early stages of cinema it's so interesting that you know what they could pull off at that time too though Um, yeah and the one thing i do like about these silent movies is that the sets were so grand mm -hmm. they were huge they were huge casts oh yeah i I mean sometimes it's incredible to think about how they put it all together yeah you know and and that's a little bit of you know Looking back, hey, those people back then were like pretty unsophisticated, but you know, compared to nowadays, it, it's still amazing. Uh, yeah. Some of the movies and 
one of, especially, you know, there's a lot of like silent comedy uh, from back then, Harold Lloyd and things like that. And so, some of the things that they did with camera techniques was incredible. It was. Yeah. And the Chaplin movies where they would move, they'd be moving entire sets at one time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Hunchback, um, Joe, Jim. No, no, no. You go next, Mark. I'm going last. Okay. Um, so it's, it's probably pretty a lot of people would say this one, uh, but it's Nosferatu. Oh, of course. I mean, that was that was the first quote-unquote vampire movie, right? Uh, I, well, it's funny because, right, so um, they, they couldn't get the rights for Dracula. Right. So they decided to do something a little different, but, you know, use a vampire motif. And uh, Max Schrecken is just, like, amazing. He is. Uh, um, in it. And... Um, well, wasn't there wasn't there a lawsuit too? It got buried for a while, didn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think I think, yeah, I think, I think they, Bram Stoker did actually um, his estate did actually sue the makers, and then they wound up having to bury the entire movie for a long time. <laughs> bury it. Ah, ah, ah. They put a stake in his heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, Nosferatu, yeah. I mean, I, I, I do, it's just so iconic. Uh, and you know, you, you look at even you know Salem's Lot. Um, you know, the influencers are still here today from it. Um, my kind of uh, other one I wanted to mention was Haxon. I don't know oh. if you've seen Haxon. Why, uh, why do you have to steal my thunder, Mark? Okay, well, I'll let you talk about it. <laughs> no, it's fine. Go ahead and talk about it. But this is the movie I picked, was Haxon. It's such a weird, I mean, pseudo-documentary, I guess. I mean, kind of. So I think, I think technically, if you look it up, they call it a, a horror essay film. Yeah. So it's it's basically part documentary style and part dramatization. Right. I, I I only saw that like a few years ago. I, like I, I obviously heard about it, but you know, whenever I was watching, I'm like, wow, this is pretty transgressive. I think for the time, it is. So it stemmed from the director Benjamin Christensen. He studied the Malleus Maleficarium, which is what the witch hunters used back in Salem, to uh, the witch's to hammer, Jim. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So part of that part of the movie was based on his study of that book, and then the other part sort of gives the explanation of how it may have it may have all been a misunderstanding of mental illness and mass hysteria. So it I, I it's a very interesting and thought provoking thing to me. Anyway, it always was, and I've only seen the movie twice, but I, I absolutely adored it, and I remember it. I still to this day can it it I don't, I don't know I still remember the way the way that it, it the visual style was amazing in my opinion. Um, yeah, and we'll probably blow through like the early decades pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's so now, now we get into more of the talkies, right? So we, right. we get into the 1930s. So Joe, what's your, uh, what's your pick? I think, uh, my favorite out of this period would have to be Frankenstein with Carl. Mm. That's fair. Because I just think it's, I, I just, I don't know, a grand movie and it covers, um, an entire range of like, um, you know, showing the monster uh, being kind and being uh, enraged, and the sets are good. You know, the the, over, the performances are over the top for some of the characters. And and, and they kind of swapped around how uh, whenever Frankenstein uh, Frankenstein's monster meets the little girl, yeah. his motivations for like throwing her into the river. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they 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 made it more. Um, I can't remember which way it went. They, they, they made it more like it was an evil act, but really, in, in the original shoot, it was more like he was just kind of copying her. He like he's more like a child, 
right. and understand his own strength and, and how things work. So um, James Well, obviously, you know, amazing director too. And um, one of my uh, honorable mentions is Bride of Frankenstein, which is, I think, probably a better movie, but mm -hmm. um, it, they're both like two classics. Oh, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. It's, it's hard to pick because you have so many classic uh, universal monster movies during this time. Right. Yeah, exactly. Mark? Okay. Uh, mine is a movie which ended a very famous director's career. Why do I feel like I should know this one? Do either one of you know? I feel like we've discussed it before, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. This is Todd Browning's movie Freaks. Oh, yes. Yes, we've talked about that before. Yeah, which, which uh, you know, talk about transgressive and, you know, misunderstood um, at the time. And, you know, certainly at that time, traveling freak shows were a thing, right? Right. Uh, but this movie where I think a lot of critics thought they, you know, he was taking liberties with, you know, the, these unfortunate people. Mm -hmm. But actually, he, he used to be in a circus and, you know, watching the movie, you can see actually the freaks, quote unquote, they're the heroes of the piece, right? Right. They're, they're the moral. I mean, the the antagonist is the regular woman and the like the strong man, right? Right. Um, who have the morals and they're, they're just going after, well, she's marrying um, the quote unquote midget just for his money. Um, so, but I, I mean, I, I just think it's amazing. I think it's iconic. Google gobble, one of us, one of us. I mean, that that scene alone, you can see they're a family together, yeah. and they're welcoming this normal person, this woman, into their family, and she's like totally disgusted by it, right? right. You know, and I, I don't really see how it was seen back then as exploitation. I've, I've seen worse exploitation <laughs> in the last 20, 30, 40 years. But wasn't that, also, um, wasn't that a pre-code movie? Oh, yeah. Before 34, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I believe so. A lot of those movies, a lot of those pre-code movies, they, they were able to take a lot of liberties because they didn't have the Hayes Code to worry about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the, the moral uh, guardians. Yes. Um, mm. So, so I, I definitely see a shift, you know, from those early right. 30s movies to the later ones in like mm -hmm. tone and the kind of subject matter that they would tackle. Um, my, my other uh, um, one that I wanted to mention, because I already talked about Brian Frankenstein, is uh, Claude Rains and uh, The Invisible Man. You're doing it to me again, Mark. <laughs> which I mean, I mean even just for the effects alone were and that's exactly why i picked it it's amazing what they were able to accomplish in this movie it was it was outstanding you know given given the time and and you know when when claude rain's character is taking off the bandages and exposing himself so, so that everyone can see that he's invisible it, it's just a, it was outstanding um so is, uh, whenever we get to the next round, Jim, you can go first. So I don't. <laughs> I don't think you're going to ruin this for the '40s. I promise. Uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> never know. And again, the '40s. I, it's such a weird decade for. It is, and my my choice is probably quite odd. I do have a question for you, Mark. Mm -hmm. So the Invisible Man was made in 1933, right? Uh, sure. So when it was pitched to Universal, they wanted to make it as a follow up to Dracula. 
What movie did they choose to make instead? Um, in the 30s. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cat People? No. Frankenstein. Oh, okay. They Originally, they wanted to try and get this The Invisible Man made before Frankenstein, but Universal said, no, we're going to do Frankenstein first. Hmm. Uh, that, that's a good little piece of trivia there, Jim. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of you. <laughs> <clears throat> um, okay, uh, we will move on to the 40s then. Again, I think okay. we'll probably have more meat as the <laughs> decades go on. Yeah. So, Jeff. Who, me? Yeah, you. Oh, okay. Yeah, you. <laughs> uh, like I said, this this is probably another one of those just kind of toss one in the ring, mm-hmm. but I went with cat people. Oh, so did I. Okay. And there's not <laughs> a lot of pick from the 40s. because There's the not. 40s, you've got all the Bali movies, you know, like the sing and dance kind of stuff yep. going on. And, you know. And, and I'll be honest, I, I saw the remake with Natasha Kinski before I saw this yes. one. Me too. Me too. I saw the 80s one first. Yep. Uh, Malcolm McDowell's in that as well, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I, like, I, I know I've seen the remake, but I don't remember anything about it. I, other than... Oh, God. I'm not even going to talk about it. Never mind. No, go ahead, Jim. Yeah, uh, We're listening. It's the first time I saw a naked woman on screen. <laughs> <laughs> How old were you? I don't remember. <laughs> so maybe four or five? Yeah, probably. No. Um, but yeah, I remember it's the first time I was I, I ever saw a naked woman on the screen was when Natasha Kinski transforms in that movie. And then the next year, you watch a, a Barbara Hershey getting raped by a ghost. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think my first horror movie that I saw a naked woman was Howling. Hmm. Hmm. I don't. Why don't I remember a naked woman in that movie? It was the female werewolf. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know why. And she didn't even want to do. She didn't want to do nudity for the movie. She really protested about it. Yeah. I, I, there, there, there's a little bit more nudity in the Howling too. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. With what? Uh, Sybil Downing. Yes, Sybil yeah. Downing. Yeah. And um, Christopher Lee. Yeah. Right. When he was slumming it. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actors got act. You know. Yeah. That's got right. Money. Okay. Um, so. Do you want to say anything else about cat people? Uh, I don't think I've seen the original, but I know like there's very famous scene where there's like a bus, which is referenced in like a lot of movies where it's like uh, the bus like drives past real quick and it's like a jump scare. It's like one yeah. of the jump yeah. scares. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think I've I think I think the big thing about cat people though is I don't remember I don't recall a movie that addressed female sexuality that intensely. Yeah prior to that movie. Right. Like in 1942, seeing a woman take control of, of her own emotions and, and all of that, I, I don't think that was done that often. No, no. It was done in pre-code, but you yeah. didn't see it for, you know, for a while. After right. That. Um, so for mine in the 1940s is uh, a, a movie where really the antagonist um, I think there's a lot of sympathy for him. It's a, the Wolfman. You're right. You're right. In that movie, there is a lot of sympathy for him. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the downside to the Wolfman 
which is uh, like he strangles people. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like I mean, you're a wolf. Like I'm like, is that what wolves do in the wild? They, <laughs> they yeah. like, like no. Um, but it, again, it's a beautifully shot. You know, you got those foggy scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, again, oh, what's the name of the actor? It was a wolf man. Was it Claude Rains? Claude, Claude Rains, right? Yeah. What's it, Claude Rains? Yeah, I think so. He was uh, good in that too. Yeah, yeah, Claude Rains. Yeah, I, I, he's got one. such an expressive <laughs> oh. face, and um, again, like like the special. No, it effect. was Claude Rains was in the movie, but it was Lon Chaney as the wolf. Lon Chaney, that's oh, what okay. I thought. But but you know, lo- looking at how the um, effects were done, right? You know, that's mm-hmm. kind of not stop motion, but you know, the that, amazing transformation scene. Right, right, <laughs> which were great for that time. Yeah. Um, Looking back, they, we started to get kind of kind of some of these uh, comedic movies like Abbott Costello meet Frankenstein, and the Abbott, mm-hmm. Abbott Costello would go on and do multiple of these ones. So um, again, I don't really have much more from the forties. I really need to go back and search some some of these ones out. We might we might have a disagreement on my pick for the fifties, there, Mark. Ooh. Yeah, so the fifties is where I've got more, um, you know, uh, additional movies, which could have been my number one. Uh, but Joe, do you want to tell us your uh, top nineteen fifties pick? Yes, <clears throat> um, this is an iconic classic telling of Dracula mm. by mm. Hammer, Horror of Dracula, nineteen fifty-eight. Huh. Okay, have you all ever seen that? I don't think I have. It is uh, Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. Okay. That's the original one, right? That's the first that's the first Dracula movie that Hammer Horror it, did. Right. With a great director named named Terrence Fisher. Yep. And then you yep. also had Michael Goh in it and he played Alfred in Tim Burton's Batman movies. Mm-hmm. Is it Goh or Goth? It may be Goth. Yeah. Now the, that is a classic, and you know, whenever you look at um, iconic Draculas, Christopher Lee, because I, I, you know, I, I grew up watching Hammer horror movies. Yeah, me too. I like I, I will. Christopher Lee is always going to be my favorite Dracula. And please, 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 why has someone not done a ten-hour documentary or recreation of that man's life? Like I don't know if you like if if you know anything about Christopher Lee, but like he was a Nazi hunter. He's he's like his like aunt was like royalty and stuff. Like he did so much before coming into acting, and then obviously his acting career was decades and decades and decades long. And then, you know, he ended up being a metal singer in his 90s, right? So he had a, right. a band. Um, but that that man led such an incredible life. Yeah, and he was he was a very imposing Dracula. Mm. Yeah. Because yeah. he, six, he was 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, yeah. Like I mean, and not to take, you know, anything away from Lugosi, but, I mean, I think both Draculas have their place, for sure. Mm-hmm. But... I just gravitate more to the hammer stuff. Um, I, I think Lee, general. I think Lee's Dracula is more like feral. 
um, where Lugosi's is more of the charming, charming count. And that, and what Joe said is probably true. I probably appreciate the Lugosi more because that's what I grew up on. You know, I wasn't really a big horror, a Hammer horror fan when I was younger. I appreciate them now as yeah. I see them, but I, I'm not. I'm probably not as well versed in them as the two of you are. Right. And and you know, I, I'm from the UK, so. Hammers UK, so I saw yeah. a lot of them on right. TV and stuff over there growing up too, and a long history with hundreds and hundreds of movies from all genres. Right, and, and this is going to be a slight spoiler, but for my 1960s pick, it's going to be the first Hammer horror movie made, I believe. Hmm. We'll see if anybody can guess it. Anyway, okay. um, yeah. So, um, do you want to say anything else about it, Jim? No, no, just that it's a, I mean, if anybody hasn't seen it, I definitely would look it up. Yeah, I'm going to have to. I mean, it's, it's going to be a little dry, but I think it's got a lot of flavor um, and an atmosphere to it. Well, they, re- they really nailed the gothicness. Yes. Hammer right. was always really good at that until I think the seventies, they started trying to modernize it here and there. And I don't think it was uh, Dracula 1972 AD. Yes. yes. Where it's the disco Dracula. (laughs) I think it was that that was the first movie with Carolyn Monroe in it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and it's it's amazing because I'm watching the um, In Search of Darkness documentary, part three. Mm -hmm. And she's on it. And it's just amazing that she's, you know, still here and. She still has such a love of all the movies that she did. It's, it's amazing, and she still looks great for her age. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim. Oh no, Mark, it's your turn. No, 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 no. I no, no. I told you. <laughs> so the for the nineteen fifties. Wait, we are doing the fifties, right? Yeah, fifties. Yes. Yeah. So, Mark, you probably will not agree with me choosing this as my favorite horror film, but I was pretty horrified the first time I ever saw this movie. Because this was the first time I saw evil children. What, what age were like, you? I should say an evil child on screen. What age were you? Oh, I don't know. I was in middle, probably in, in elementary school because I saw this movie oh, in just, school. Just more nostalgia. Okay, Jim. What, this okay. is not nostalgia. This was this. So I'm talking about the bad seed from 1956. Hmm. I've and, not seen that. So or, or the remake. It it really it really puts to the forefront nature versus nurture. And they bring it up hardcore in the movie. Like the little girl is the is the seed of a serial killer and somebody has adopted her. And now bad things are happening to people around their family. So, I mean, it's it's really well done. And I forget who the little girl is in the movie. I should probably look that up. But she was fantastic. Um, it's just it it scared me to no end to think that children could do the things she did in this movie. And is that the first, like, evil child movie that kind of gave the template? In my opinion, yes. Okay. I, yeah, I can't I, say for certain because I haven't done research, but I, 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 I think so, yes. I want to say uh, Children of the Damned is after that. Right, that's the 60s. Yes. Yeah. And that's more of a sci-fi anyway. Right. Um, okay, for mine in 1950s, and this is where I start to have more kind of uh, additional movies to talk about. Um, is uh, Night of the Demon. Okay. Is um, uh, the movie version of Casting the Runes. Um, 
whenever you look at um, Sam Raimi's uh, Drag Me to Hell, mm-hmm. it's basically a remake of sorts of Night of the Demon. Right. Where, where somebody is cursed and they try and pass on the curse, and but there's a demon coming after them. This movie is, is a certified classic. I mean, the special mm-hmm. effects for the 50s are amazing as the demon comes out of the fog at night. Right. Um, I love Night of the Demon, and I think it's just it's a timeless story, which is you know why it's got to be remade a couple of times. Uh, not in name, but really in um, the, the the plot, right? right. Um, but you know, the nineteen fifties, we have Go- Gojira. Gojira, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, a seminal seminal movie, um, which is probably the first. Now I don't know this, but I'm just saying. The first Japanese movie where they inserted an American actor, Raymond Burr, <laughs> to, mm. to, to make it more um, accessible for American audiences. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Godzilla's got a huge um, you know, legacy of a million movies. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have like Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Again, mm-hmm. another movie which has been remade countless times. Yeah. I mean, sci-fi slash horror. I mean, I think it's body horror. Yeah, uh, I, it's an amazing movie. It it is, and most of the iterations I actually really enjoy. Yeah, me too. Yeah, especially uh, the seventies one. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, that that's classic, and the nineties one, uh, Abel Ferreira's uh, version is very good too. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about body horror, um, the Vincent Price classic, uh, The Fly. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, and and which has got one of the most horrific endings to it a does. movie. It does. Uh, that was awful. Right. Well, you know, where it's just like, kill me, kill me, with the, mm-hmm. you know, the human head on the fly. The, the spider is going to eat it. So. Yep. Yeah. That's dark. It <laughs> That's is. Dark. Right. Um, then you've got, like, fun stuff to watch now, which wasn't very good when it came out. Um, you know, you're looking at Plan 9 from Outer Space. <laughs> I tried. I tried it. I can't, I don't think it was fun at all. I thought it was. Yeah. Oh no! It, it, it's a lot. Of, I yeah. mean, if you look at like, and I love. Uh, in fact, I think uh, what's his face? His best movie is Ed Wood. Um, just like the enthusiasm behind mm-hmm. it, the cheapness, and it's like that. He was. He really wanted to make something special, and it is special, but not. The <laughs> Um, and the only uh, the only other one that I want to bring up is you know you're getting William Castle uh, movies at this point, so you have mm-hmm. the Tingler, um, again another Vincent Price uh, movie where <laughs> I wish they would do it nowadays. So they rigged like the um, seats in the movie theater. Mm-hmm. Oh like, right, right, yes, with like a buzzer, so it's mm-hmm. like electric shock, um, and and you know you you don't see that nowadays, right. <laughs> but the, the Tingler by itself, even if obviously you, know, you don't have that experience, is still a fun movie. Right. Um, so I, I think this is where we're getting, you know, looking at how the decades are progressing. The 1950s, I think, are, are really where we see a mass appeal, right? Uh, and we see, a lo- you know, you get rid of just, it used to be just Frankenstein or just this, right. or, you know, a lot of the universal stuff. Now we're starting to see a lot more showmanship, um, a lot more uh, variance in what we're seeing and how it's being produced. 
Um, so this is where, like, from this point, the 1960s, this is where it gets difficult for me. Yeah, it's probably so, a lot but, of um, a lot of push to get people to the theater because in the 50s they're competing with television now. Right. So, so Mark, you have you seen the that. remake? Hmm? Sorry. The no, remake. Yeah, go ahead. So I was, I was just saying that's why you probably had a lot of the, the gimmicky stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm, 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 like, I'm like, getting 3D and stuff at that yes. point, too, right? Um, <laughs> you know, it's so funny because it's like, oh, the radio, right? And then it goes into TV and movies. And so, you know, one of these things has to go away. But no, they all they all exist. <laughs> you know, they're just different media. At the time, they thought one would replace the other when really they did for a long time. So, Mark, have you seen the remake of The Tingler? There's a remake of The Tingler? If if this fandom site is to be believed, there was a 2017 Canadian-American remake by Rob Eggers. Hmm. Uh, was it released? In like- I don't know. It's got... It's actually got some good some good names in it. Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Steve Zahn, oh. Alex Borstein. No, I've never even heard of it. Yeah, me either. Because I was just thinking about that. I that's one of the movies that I would think would be ripe to be remade, right? And I hadn't, I couldn't recall any of them being remade. <laughs> I mean, it's a goofy concept. It is. Um, <laughs> but I guess you could have fun with it. But I, I think it would be more interesting to do a movie about the movie and about like the crowds and how people reacted to it. I don't know. Right. Well, you know what I was thinking is I was thinking of the Mangler with Robert Englund for some reason. <laughs> and I thought it had been I thought it had been remade already, so I was just verifying what I thought. But then I realized, no, I'm talking about a totally different movie. <laughs> so, nineteen sixties. Let's go, Joe. Oh, you want me to go? Yes. Yep. I'm You're the guest. I'm going to do another Hammer movie. Because <laughs> 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 that's, just, that's just where I gravitate. Uh, yeah. so, it's so hard because the 60s is when you really get a lot of the exploitation stuff coming out. And the real interesting, you know, we're, we're going into the 70s almost. But I'm going to go with Brides of Dracula. Okay. That's a and solid a, choice. And it's really funny because uh, <laughs> there's no Dracula in it. Right. There is a... There is a Peter, a Peter Cushing as Van Helsing, but right. the the main villain is um, Baron Meinster, mm. and it's just a really well done movie. There's a character in it named Greta, mm-hmm. who's maniacal and she steals the show. It's, she's played by uh, Frida Jackson. Okay, and just you, I don't think there's a dull moment in this movie. It's so strange. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look that one up too. It's I... a lot of fun. I'm it's, a, pretty, it's not as stiff as the horror of Dracula. It's a little bit looser. Right. Yeah. The 60s, uh, Hammer Horror started to experiment a little bit more. Um, I think I've seen this, but I don't remember it. I may may or may not have. Yeah, I, I don't recall Rides. having seen it. Yeah. And that's when you were starting to get all your Hammer Scream Queens in there. You know, they didn't really call them that back then, of course, but you started getting your, your regulars coming in to play. Ingrid. Mm-hmm. People like that. Yeah, she was a little later, like the 70s. Right. Well, late 60s, I think. I yeah. think she was in the 60s, yeah. Uh, Jim? So my pick for this one is The Haunting. 
Ooh. Mm. And the reason, so even before I knew the movie's name, like I, there's a scene in the movie where they're all sitting around. So you, you all know the premise. He, the doc, doctor, um, Mark Ways assembled a, a group of people that have all had these paranormal experiences to try and wake up this house, right? And there's a scene where they're all sitting around this giant dining room table talking about their experiences. And Nell um, talks about how it rained rocks on her house. And even before I knew what movie I was watching for many, many years, I remembered that scene, but I never knew the name of the movie. Mm. And that's why I picked that movie as my favorite from that decade. I've seen the remake, which I'm not a particularly <laughs> fan of because it's just the uh, the uh, the acting is so annoyingly over the top that I just can't, you know. And see, that's exactly why I love it. The remake? It, yes. <laughs> I love the fact that it's absolutely ridiculous and there's just nothing that they won't do in that movie. It, it's ridiculous. The the lesbian overtones are a little more prevalent in the remake than they were in the original, but they're still there. Okay. Between Theo and Nell. Um, so I thought that was another thing that I didn't pick up on till I rewatched the original much, much later. But I think it was, it was quite groundbreaking on that front for its time. Oh, absolutely. Uh, really movies were starting to go in that direction. There was a lot of experimental, mm -hmm. you know, I'm just saying in terms of what was, after, between pre-code right. after, after pre-code to till the 60s is when they really started going hey let's take because we have to take risks to get people to watch our movies right so i mean this robert wise directed uh movie is uh, to me one of the tentpole haunted house movies mm -hmm. i mean when when you look at it there's <laughs> it's so much about almost the sound design mm-hmm um rather than what's on the screen. Yep. I mean, one of the, the, the big takeaways is just that banging, right? The banging on the yep. door. Yeah. I was just like, you know, wow, that's like, that's super creepy. And obviously even people like Stephen King kind of stole <laughs> the story for Rose Red. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> books, right? I mean, yep. that's, that, that's in it. Um, so I think it's a seminal horror movie from the 1960s and it's on my list but it's not my number one pick that's fair so my, no, my number one is a movie which oh come on keep us in suspense I, give us a little tease give us your, your honorable which, which i think is a little it's underseen rather than underappreciated i think people that have watched it um really dig it um and this is Quatermass in the Pit. Oh, yes. We've talked about this, and I've not seen it. Also known as, I think, 60 Million Miles Earth. I think that was, like, the U.S. It was written by Nigel Neal, mm -hmm. um, who also wrote, <laughs> like, Halloween 3. <laughs> mm -hmm. And a number of other Quatermass movies. And um, another it, Hammer movie, right? Yes, yes. Okay, I wasn't sure if it was Hammer or Amicus. Yeah, no, this was, this was Hammer. And this was one which... I think males science fiction and horror perfectly, right? So you have aliens involved, but you're also talking about ghosts. And there's a there's an explanation between why and there, there's discussions about human evolution. Where did we come from? Right. And 
it, it's also as you watch the movie, it's it, it's like a detective movie, right? Because basically, what they're doing is that they're they're trying to build a um, new tunnel uh, for like the London Underground, the the subway, and they come across this thing, which they think is a World War Two bomb that didn't explode. But they find out it's an alien spacecraft. But there's also, it's all tied into the mythology of Satan, ghosts, the supernatural. Uh, and I just absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. And when we're talking about uh, the 1960s, I mean, there's so many to talk about. Psycho, obviously. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, Black Sunday, you know, Mario Bava. Uh, Black Sabbath, Mario Bava too. Uh, Peeping Tom. <laughs> Another movie which absolutely destroyed the director's career, but was such an influence on especially nineteen late nineteen seventies eighties slasher movies. Uh, we we have um, as you mentioned, The Haunting. Uh, one of my favorite uh, comedy horrors, uh, which is a comedy of terrors with uh, Vincent Price and um, mm. Peter Lorre. You know, just fantastic. It's just hilarious. Uh, Rosemary's Baby. This is where, and, and whenever you look at the, the decade, right, you get towards the end of the decade, you can see how the 70s are going to be, right? Yep. So if you, if you look at transgressive stuff like Rosemary's Baby, which I, I think is, I don't think it's a perfect movie in any way, uh, but it's such an effective movie. And you get kind of Polanski's, uh, direction and uh, the um, acting of Mia Farrow, who is just like she's great in it. I have to yeah. completely disagree. Okay, I thought it was boring and slow, and I did not enjoy that film at all. I have tried so many times to appreciate it, and it's just a giant snooze fest for me. Well, you know, not not every movie's for everyone, but this one is more because it's more of a intellectual one. Uh, Jim, you. Would... Oh, oh, is that why I didn't enjoy it? Are you calling me stupid, Mark? <laughs> is it? Is it? Is it? A, is it a, is it a, is it a pacing issue? For you? Yeah, but, but it, it is. Honestly, it is. It, yeah, that so... that gets me too. If the movie's got really bad pacing, I kind of start tuning out. But but yeah. but, but this is this is about a descent into madness, right? So it can't just be click click click. Oh, now you're crazy. This is about her slowly losing her mind. So that's that's how it has to be paced, right? No. You can't just jump from, oh, I'm normal, and then, oh, no, I'm crazy. No, you have to see <laughs> the people around her manipulating her and making her think. Like I said, I appreciate the movie for being groundbreaking, but I just, I don't. I'm not saying you have to like it, but I'm just saying the pacing is is fine for what it is. For you. Well, I mean, objectively. No, not objectively, because clearly <laughs> it didn't work for me. Uh, what else did I write? Oh, okay, uh, The Haunted Palace, too. So, again, you're, you're starting to get the Corman movies. Yep. Um, Haunted Palace, <laughs> famously, um, based on H.P. Lovecraft's story. But they were in their Edgar Allan Poe thing, so they yep. got Edgar Allan Poe um, name on it. Uh, but, yeah, and... <laughs> I cannot leave out uh, probably the most important movie of the 1960s, uh, which is Night of the Living Dead. Okay, that's fair. I mean, that is that is the zombie movie. Well, again, you look at that movie, 
and towards the end of the sixties. And I, I, I think there's a sea change um, mm-hmm. for that movie, right? Yeah. Um, in cinema. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I, I think it was a very influential film. And unlike Rosemary's baby, I agree with you 100% on that movie. So that is my take of the 1960s. So on to dun, 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 the 70s. Joe? This was really difficult because there's so many, and it's like this decade's got the same thing as what you were talking about in the 60s, where towards the end of the 70s, you could really see it ushering in the 80s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's really difficult, especially towards the end of the 70s. But I'm going to go with Don Coscarelli's Phantasm. That's a, that's a fair a fair uh, a fair point. That is a f- phenomenal movie. The score is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the effects for what yeah. he had to work with is amazing. Mm-hmm. And the first time I, this is one of these movies that I saw as a kid. Yep. So this is definitely one of those you know nostalgia movies. But that movie, I had no idea what was going on when I was a kid watching this movie. Agreed. <laughs> and it was just so strange. And so out the box, I just loved it. And yeah, so that's definitely my pick. And I'm a big um, Beastmaster fan, so I got to go with Don Coscarelli there too, you know? So. Yeah. Um, um, but the other ones that points. I debated, <laughs> there's two that I debated. We already mentioned one was um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Mm-hmm. Also saw that as a kid and scared the hell out of me. And Alien, you got to at least mention Alien. Oh yeah, of course, 100%. Um, that movie is just... It's a great movie. Yep. And this is at a time when critics didn't like any horror movies. <laughs> yep. So that, that's what I'm going with this phantasm. I, 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 can, I can get on board with that. What about you, Mark? Okay. Uh, I just want to talk about phantasm for a minute. Um, Don Coscarelli, um, who was just basically a kid at the time, right? Made it on a shoestring budget. Mm-hmm. But so full of imagination. Yep. Mm-hmm. And when people talk about, like, favorite franchises, um, I think the Phantasm franchise is the best just because I love every movie in that franchise for different I reasons. How, I don't know how you could say that about Ravager, sir. I don't Okay, okay. So, so okay. So I, I say I, the first I, three. I, I, I can't get on board. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. Well, well, I really, really, really want to have this conversation because okay. I hear people say that all the time. So why is Ravager any different than, say, the previous two? Because there seemed, in my opinion, there was a distinct lack of quality in the script. No. Bullshit. No. Bullshit. That's your opinion. No, it's not opinion. It is opinion. It's not. All of this is subjective, sir. So hang on. So, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. So you're telling me, like, Phantasm, Oblivion. I never said I liked Oblivion either. Well, no, you 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 pointed out Ravager. Of course I did, because it was the latest installment, and it was terrible. But but you think Oblivion was terrible, too? Of course I do. Okay, then what the fuck are you talking about? My, my point is, if you like the series in general, I don't see why people pick out Ravager as being terrible... Because it has the same flaws as basically all of the other ones. I see. I I dropped out after the second Phantasm. If I'm being honest. Okay, so because, you're, because see, it just got, you know, it got it got yeah, too far fetched yeah. for me. See, it got too far fetched. The the yeah. first one was 
uh, first one was effective. I thought Angus Scrim was uh, was a great um, a great uh, antagonist in that film when he was hunting Michael. I, Michael, right? I I love every one of those movies for maybe different reasons, but I think they're consistent in their weirdness. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, it's it's one of those movies you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it, right? And you're going to well, be all in, or you're not going to be. Just well, like yeah. with, with the I, Nightmare on Elm Street I, franchise I, I, or the Friday the 13th franchise, yeah. with any franchise, you're either all in or you're not. Well, no. no. I can like some movies in a franchise and not other movies. Right, which is what I have for Phantasm. Right, but you pointed out Ravager as the one that you don't like the most. That That is the one I did not like the most. It's not to say that the others aren't troubled, but that one was the worst in my opinion. So, so why is it worse than Oblivion? I tried to tell you, but you didn't want to hear it. No, no. Well, tell, well, tell me again. Because the script lacked quality, the special effects were worse than the shoestring no, budget from no, the seventies. No, That's your opinion, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Nope. Objective. Yes, it is not objective. It, it can't a, be objective if you're the only one that thinks that, sir. I, I, I would sit here and do uh, and and pull apart different clips from the movies. And you would say they're all terrible. Yes, yes, I would. I know. <laughs> so anyway. anyway can, can we move on, please? Do <laughs> <laughs> you have anything to say? Sorry. I, I, I get a little spicy around uh, Phantasm Ravager. He does. <laughs> we, we've, we've done this dance before. I, th- I think it's a perfectly acceptable um, entry into this fran- franchise, which I think... <laughs> I think I think as far as um, movie series that I that I like that I can watch almost all of them. Well, there's a couple of them. Uh, one would be Tremors. Okay, I think they're they're pretty enjoyable for the they most are. part, almost all of them. And I happen to like all the Friday the Thirteenth movies except for Manhattan. <laughs> See, and I'm I'm right on board up until the remake. I can handle all of them until the remake. Yeah, the remakes. I, I think it was different. I don't. That's not one I would rewatch. But yeah. it was all right. You know, they tried to do something different yeah. with it. I, I thought the remake was actually pretty good. Yeah, they, um, I, they made him. They don't. No, 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 wait, no. Mark, if you think that movie is is pretty good, then yeah. you don't get to have an opinion anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like the over the top sex scene in that movie. No, what I really the only thing that really bothered me about the movie was Jason taking a prisoner. Here, yeah. Here's that the thing. more of a survivalist. That, if, that, if, that bothered trapper. that bothered me. Yeah, that bothered me more than anything else in the movie. If Jim had watched the Friday the thirteenth remake when he was eight with his mom, he would tell you it's the best movie ever made. Probably. Um, I'll also throw in uh Final <laughs> Destination. I think that uh, franchise as being legitimately good all the way through. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I think I, I just got exhausted on that premise. I mean, I, I liked the first three, and then yeah. I just kind of got yeah. But that's it was just... that's almost all of them. Towards the end, they sort of they sort of are just like exhausting it. You know, Jason in space, and you know and what see, else can we do? Uh, I freaking love Jason X. I do too. Don't get me started. It is ridiculous. <laughs> it is ridiculous and over the top and so wonderful because they just go for it. How about Leprechaun Four? That was also in space. It was. It was. I yeah, that own was great all, too. <laughs> I own all nine of the Leprechaun movies, including the remake. Okay, so the, I'm, I'm the, on board for all. The of remake them. is absolute dog shit. It is not. 
they did something different, and I thought it was pretty cool. Is that the one with uh, um, Hornswoggle, the the WWE wrestler? Uh, I think so. I haven't seen it. And you think that's good, Jim? Yeah, I thought it was good. So what was good about it? I like the fact that they tried to make it a straight horror movie. So so what did you think of the leprechaun in it? It, it wasn't... It, in my opinion, it wasn't really... Oh, wait. Wait, whoa, whoa. Hang on, hang on. Ah. I, I'm talking about Leprechaun Origins, not not the the remake with where they tried to remake the first Leprechaun. Okay, I have to look this up, man. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm talking about Leprechaun Origins. It was. It's, uh, the, it's uh, the one where the Leprechaun doesn't say anything and just wanders through the grass, right? <laughs> well, there's not just one Leprechaun. Oh, I haven't seen this one. Christ. Left. Because there's one scene where there you see like these seven different trails chasing the girl through that field before she gets to the stone. Leprechaun WWE. That's probably the remake which I haven't seen. That the one where they replaced Warwick Davis. I have not seen any where they replaced him. Well well that's the remake. I and I'm okay, so what what would you consider Leprechaun Origins? Um Yeah, that's that's the the one with Hornswoggle. <laughs> what a name! <laughs> yeah, that that was absolute dog shit. It Jim. was not. So defend it. it. Defend it. I already did. What's so good about it? I just told you. What? The fact that they tried to make a straight horror film and they did an admirable job. Was it perfect? No. No, 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 no. So what was so good about it? Anybody I, I like I like the atmosphere. I like the fact that the leprechaun was more of a predator than he was a joke, which is what he became at the end of the ser- the original series. No, he was I, a joke in the first movie. He was. You're right, but right. It was right. Not, so but it, personality. What what do you have in that this one? I'm sorry. Say that again. So the whole thing about the leprechaun series is mm-hmm. Warwick Davis, right? Who was fantastic, by the way, even if yes. some of the movies were trash. Agreed. He was always fantastic. But yes. he had a personality. Yes. Right? So what was a leprechaun in Leprechaun Origin? He was he was a straight predator. That's all he was. A there was no predator. Yeah. Well, like the predator? No, no, he did not have thermonuclear warheads on his arm. <laughs> no, what did he do? He hunted. He was a wild animal that hunted. He That's what he did. Grass around. Yeah, like, <laughs> which is no worse than the neomorphs in uh, in Covenant. So, so you think that uh, Leprechaun Origins is as bad as uh, Covenant, right? No, under no circumstances, sir. I had more fun watching Origins than I did watching mm-hmm. Covenant. Anyway, uh, let's move on. I'm not a fan of the. <clears throat> I don't know what you would call them, Prometheus. Oh, yeah, they, they, I, I stop at resurrection. Yeah, I, I, the rest I, I do agree. not claim. I have to agree. I didn't mind um, the first AVP too much. I so never, I, never liked any of them. But uh, so Jim, Jim doesn't like movies he hasn't seen. Joe, by the way. <laughs> no, I have. I'm I have not specifically, I have specifically avoided the AVP because I tried the first one and right, it was garbage. Say, no, 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 but you say you hate a movie you haven't watched. So yes, that, I, yes, I do. Joe, do you hate Joe? Do you hate any movies you haven't watched? I don't know. 
I yeah, just exactly. don't watch them. Like I don't. That, think that's I have an the, that's the the correct normal answer. So let me ask you, Joe. If you if there's a movie series that you watch and you give the first one a shot, mm-hmm. right, and you think it is absolute garbage, are you going to enjoy the rest of them in that I'm series? I'm not going to go down that path. Exactly, Mark. Thank so, you very much. But but hang on. Will you say, hey, the sequel to the movie that I didn't like and I haven't watched is awful? Well, no, not well, no, yeah, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't engage with it though because I just wouldn't. You know, if it's like it's a subject matter that I don't care about or a direction I don't care about, then I'm gonna be like, eh, y'all can watch it. You know, <laughs> you know? Mark gets very saucy when I tell him I hate AVP. I hate the entire no, series. No, 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 no. I just, find, I just find it funny that Jim hates movies he's never. I don't watched. like that they made it PG. Um, I think mm-hmm. they kind of miss the ball but i think there's some elements in it that are watchable but i mean do i own that movie no right jim let let me put it like this what would you think if i said i absolutely loved the movie i haven't seen good for you you think that's normal it wouldn't matter what i think it's what no 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 I'm i'm just asking your opinion on my opinion of a movie i haven't watched that i told you jim i think it's amazing i haven't seen it though but it's amazing. Well, then how would you know? Well, how would you know um, that you hate it? Because the premise is stupid. <laughs> do you see what I'm doing here? Do I do. It's did, because the premise is stupid. Did Did we get your 70s movie? We did not. Jim? No. no. <laughs> we haven't even got past the 70s yet. All right. No. All right let, let's get going here before, yeah, okay. I, before okay. I pull Jim some more. <laughs> so, um, so for the 1970s, obviously, my number one pick is the Possession movie. Exorcist? Yes, 100%. That's a good good pick. It's Um, hard. The 70s is really hard. It was really hard because it was really, I was really torn between that and Halloween, but The Exorcist always wins out. God, Halloween's so good. It is. Um, But, Mark, we've talked about this this honorable mention that I have Mm -hmm. one time before. Um, There's a movie that I saw on TV. I don't remember how or why I saw it, but it has always stayed with me because there's a scene in an attic where they see this glowing thing, and when you capture it, it makes you immortal. You know what I'm talking about, Mark? No. The Asphyx. Oh. Hang on. That's not the Asphyx, is it? Yeah. With uh, Robert Powell in it? I think so. But that's about him trying to capture, like, the essence of death, right? Yeah, right. And it makes you immortal. I haven't seen but it was in an attic? I don't remember that part. No, I'm saying there was one scene in an attic where oh, um, okay. one of the characters sees what sees this glowing orb thing is what he's trying to capture. Right. Okay. And, and and that particular scene has always been cemented in my mind since I saw this movie, and I have no idea where I saw it or how old I was, but I've never forgotten that scene. Yeah, that's a good movie. Yeah. It's, it, it's it's one of those fun kind of yeah uh, like weird type of ex- almost experimental and you know what for it's funny because i never knew the name of the movie until i you know i got onto google <laughs> but uh <laughs> i always conflated it with from beyond for some reason and i don't know why i think it was just the cover art that's a great movie i like most stuff by Stuart gordon yeah, yeah. i i in fact i think from beyond is a better movie than reanimator i agree but i like reanimator oh i, I the, like all three of those. I think there was three, maybe four. Uh, yeah, I, and then you got Dagon and all the stuff. Uh, Castle right. Freak. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, you're getting to a lot of like full moon territory too. Because <laughs> I, I have a bunch of full, I have like a collection of full moon stuff. Yeah. Charles Bond's a legend. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So, Jim, what is my favorite 1970s movie? Oh, why would you ask me this? Because it's obvious. Oh, it's going to be Jaws. Yes. Nice. Um, Jaws, I think, is a uh, perfect. A yeah, perfect I, movie. I, I agree. Um, I, you know, there, there's not too much more to say. Everybody's seen Jaws. Everybody knows Jaws. I don't know if there's many people that have seen it that don't like it, but I'm sure there are probably some. Yeah, Ray, Ray still refuses to watch it with me anytime it comes on TV. Why? Because it scared him so bad he never went back to the beach. Right. I, oh, oh, you should show him Blood Beach. Yeah. Oh, I have that on DVD. And then, then he would. I saw that. I, oh my god! You don't, want to know. you don't. You don't. You don't. Mark. You don't know, want to know how old I was when I saw that movie. Oh God. I think I was in. I might have not. I'm. I think I was in kindergarten or first grade. Uh, John, we went, John Saxon. We went to my mother's. We went to a neighbor's house, and we were watching it on TV with their family too. So, uh, Joe, just to let you know that this podcast is half um, <laughs> our movies and half um, Jim's, like, childhood. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> and, and then you, after Jaws, you had a bunch of Terror at the Beach-style movies that came Mark, out. Like Piranha. Our, fir- Piranha our first episode, Mark. Movie. Right, The Last Shark. That's so, um, my two favorite kind of Jaws knockoffs... Um, are both written by um, John Sales, which is Piranha yeah. and Alligator. Yeah, Piranha's great. Uh, yeah, and Alligator's got that same uh, kind of black humor through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, also talking about the 70s, I mean, again, like I didn't do any honorable mentions for the 80s because we'd be here all night, but the right. 70s, <laughs> I mean, there's so many. Like I, it was very close for me between Jaws actually and uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Wait, Jaws actually is that a romantic comedy? <laughs> <laughs> That's what your mom says. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, but you can't you can't not acknowledge uh, Chainsaw. Yeah, That's, I true. Mean, That's true. To me, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is is kind of like Night of the Living Dad, but yeah. for the seventies. Yeah. You know what's I, funny is I never knew that John Larroquette was the narrator of that film. I didn't either. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Anyway, um, he, was, he was on Night Court. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not from here, dude. You can't tell me you've never seen Night Court. You've seen. I've Cheers. never seen Night Court. I don't even know what the hell it is. Oh, you suck. Well, I'm from a different. Co- if I want to talk about <laughs> Jim, what do you think about Trapdoor? What? What? You suck. Why am I not seen that? See? See how easy that is? Um, I do, I do. So again, uh, you know, I wrote down, obviously, Exorcist, Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you look at things like, um, I don't like musicals, but one of the few <laughs> I do is The Wicker Man, uh, yeah. which is an amazing movie. Uh, you know, now also you're looking at, like, uh, in the 70s, we're starting to get more foreign uh, horror movies, uh, you know, got Suspiria, oh, yeah. uh, Fulci, Zombie, um, but you also have like big tentpole American movies like, uh, like I said, Exorcist, The Omen, mm-hmm. another one, um, 
and you know you're starting to get into that sort of taxi driver grimy mm-hmm. new york stuff right well, yeah. what, and you right. got a full swing of italian horror that's comes through the entire decade and then into the 80s oh yeah yeah, yeah. The, you know uh, in the 80s well you know it's 1980 but you know you're cannibal holocaust an absolute mm-hmm. um uh, classic movie so yeah. anyway we'll, we'll move on to the 80s because again mm-hmm. i didn't i didn't write down Honorable mentions because it's <laughs> yeah. I just picked one movie that I that is one of my favorites. I have three honorable mentions. Okay, I, I only have one just because I, I I started to write it down. And I'm like I can't. I won't be able to stop. So go. Okay, I think that this was really difficult because there's so mm-hmm. much that I like in here from Night of the Comet to mm-hmm. Vamp. Um, mm-hmm. oh, Grace Jones. I think. Great atmosphere, acting, isolation, great score, good mystery, amazing special effects that still hold up. The thing. Mm-hmm. That's my pick too. Yeah, I, I just the thing is forever re- rewatchable. Yeah, agreed. It's timeless. And I think, um, I mean, just just an amazing movie, just enjoyable yeah. all the way through, even though. The pacing is kind of slow, but you're so involved with trying to figure out who did it and where yep. the clues are. Even when you rewatch it, you're trying to sit there and see, wait a minute, did this guy go over here? You know, you're trying to mm-hmm. like still take it apart. So that's what keeps you engaged. I, I, I remember and the score. The score oh, is just beats it into your head. But Morricone. Um, the I remember watching this like multiple times in the 80s. But every time I would rewatch it, when they when they get to like the blood test scene, mm-hmm. I could never remember who it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's one of those movies where I bought, you know, I bought the VHS, I bought the DVD, I bought you know the Blu-ray, the 4K, and I'll probably continue to buy it on, you know, um, additional. When the 8K comes out, yeah, 8K yeah. and 100K and 3000. <laughs> And what it, what's amazing is that if you watch people's reaction when they first see it, modern audiences yeah. see it, it just blows them away. It still holds up. Everything still holds up. Yep. Um, and I think my my mentions would be Return of the Living Dead, mm-hmm. Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives, Okay. I thought was just great because of its meta quality. Yeah. And the first Child's Play, I got I to gotta give it to Chucky. Yep, that's true. So that, I that like great that, that Chucky. I like the entire series except for the one like part three where he was at military school. Yeah, that was kind of stupid. But the rest of it is great. So what about the TV show? I've seen the first season. I liked it, but it's a little yeah. slow. It it is, and the second season's okay. I've watched a few episodes so far. Yeah, it's not. They could have done far worse. I think they could have. It it is fun because Jennifer Tilly and um, Fiona Dora are back for season two. Um, I think they kind of, I think that that cash grab on the remake was not a good idea, (laughs) but I would, I would would have liked to see that story, but not with child's play attached to it. Right. Do it like Megan. Yeah. I, I, I I thought that would have been much better because the movie itself wasn't terrible. The remake itself wasn't terrible, but the fact that they tried to attach it to Chucky was a problem yeah that that kind of stung me I, I watched like half of it and i was like i can't just yeah. because i'm such a chucky fan i've got chucky stuff all over the apartment so yeah 
but yeah, the thing I just had to give it to the thing because even though I love Chucky, um, the thing's just such a good movie. Mark, so that's where I'm at. Yes. You got awfully quiet. I was just listening. <laughs> um, so Ch- Child's Play, um, I, I mean, I, I, th- I think the series is okay. I, I prefer like the more recent ones, like Cult. Um, yeah, Cult's Becky. great. Yeah, Cult was good. Um, and obviously, I met Brad Dourif and Alex Winter. Super nice people. Um, but um, I mean, I, I always think with doll horror, just fucking kick that shit. <laughs> just, <laughs> just pump it. Just pump it. Just. I was just waiting pump. for him to bring this up. <laughs> anyway, um, so again, the, the thing was my pick for the eighties too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could have picked multiple John Carpenter movies. John Carpenter, I think, was untouchable in the eighties for most oh, of his yeah. movies. Uh, Christine but, was amazing. Yep. I'm not a big fan of Christine because really, yeah, just just because the concept, it, like you either buy into that concept or you don't. I never really right. did. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, but you had to do that with Chucky too because it's the I, whole voodoo and a doll thing. Oh, it's the same with any kind of horror movie where there's like supernatural elements. You either kind of buy into it or if it's a high concept, you buy into it or you don't. I, I just didn't i do like the guy that's uh i don't remember his name that's the lead character was also in jaws 2 i like him i like him as an actor uh but it it just never really connected with me um what again i didn't (laughs) the only other one i wanted to bring up from the 80s because i didn't want to go down that road was uh evil dead 2 uh which i think is the most quintessential 80s movie it's fast paced it's fun it's low budget it's just got everything going for it um and it was very close to the thing but just because maybe it's it's more of a horror comedy and like return living dead is my favorite zombie movie right and it's a horror comedy too uh but the thing just it's just elevated from from everything else i think right so yeah, my pick is really off the wall. <laughs> so, Mark, let me I'll describe the movie to you. You let me know if you if you yeah. know what movie it is. Yeah. So, a young girl has to spend the, the night entity. in a What? The entity. No. <laughs> a young girl has to has a challenge in front of her where she has to spend the night in a mausoleum. Oh, uh, yeah, that, that's that movie which I haven't seen. Yes. We it's talked about this, uh, What is it? One, One Dark Night with One Jennifer Dark Tilly. Night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, I'm sorry, Me- it's Meg Tilly, not Jennifer Tilly, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I don't understand why I love this movie so much because it's terrible. Nostalgia. It, it is an awful, awful movie, but I freaking, from the, from the first time I saw this movie, I was absolutely in awe. Nostalgia. It, yeah, Meg, it, Meg Tilly was the same one that was in um, Psycho 2, right? Yep. And she's going to be in this season of Chucky. Oh, nice. Yeah. She's the first time her and her sister have ever been on screen together. Nice. Oh, and Tony is, I think Psycho 2 is a better movie than Psycho. Psycho 2 is really good. Yeah. It's, it, it's nobody solid. can disagree with that. Yeah. It's a Tom Holland movie, right? So Charles Play, right? I don't know. But it's, yeah, a, solid, he, it's a solid he, movie. He, he wrote and directed it. 
I think it's overlooked. It's pretty solid. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. I think it's got a very interesting angle of Norman Bates as... And trying to integrate back into society. He's the victim in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and it's got kind of the, not mob mentality, but people, you know... And I think just yeah. Anthony Perkins is underappreciated as an actor. He is. He is phenomenal. Yep. Agreed. So shall we move on to the 90s? Ooh. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. This was kind of hard, too, because there's a <laughs> few. Um, I think my, my runner-ups, so first, uh, my runner-ups are Lord of Illusions okay. and uh, Bride of Chucky. Okay. But I'm going to go with Peter Jackson's The Frighteners. Love it. Um, and the reason I like The Frighteners is because it's got a great mix. It's got a lot of fun and funny elements. Mm-hmm. Yep. Michael J. Fox is great as a con man with the ghosts. Yep. Jeffrey Combs is probably his yep. best role. He's just amazing. I do agree. And uh, Jake Busey and D. Wallace are really great as the bad duo. Yep. 100% and this agree. is coming off of that murder duo thing that started with Natural Born Killers, which is a few years earlier. The Bonnie and Clyde thing. Yes. So, and I just think they, yeah, it's uh, Jake Busey just blows it. He scared the hell out of me. Yeah, he he plays a great psychopath. And just even, even Jeffrey Combs is so unnerving, he's scaring the hell out of you too, and he, yeah. he he's on your side technically. He, right? he, he's got like the, the Nazi guy from um, Raiders, Raiders Lost Ark vibe. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. It's not like the, oh, you know, he's going to hang up his jacket. <laughs> yeah, he's so damaged from all the yeah. stuff, all the crazy stuff that he's been through. My body is a roadmap of pain. Yeah. <laughs> just a great movie. Just a lot of fun. Not, the, not particularly know, super scary, but I think Jake Busey's definitely scary. Yeah, I this agree. This was one of the stepping stones for Peter Jackson, right? Uh, yeah. Going from his crazy, you know, dead lie, bad taste stuff into like mainstream horror. And the feebles too, right? Right. <laughs> um, I love the Frighteners. The only thing I would say is I feel it's a tad too long. Like if you could skim like fifteen minutes off it, I think it would be much. Yeah, I think it, it does kind of drag on a little bit, but I think it's got some really amazing moments, and the CGI is pretty dated in spots now. Oh yeah, it, and uh, Ardley Ermy in it, right? The yes. um, uh, from Full Metal Jacket. Yes, yep. and the end guy that, that um, played Gomez, what's his name? Original Gomez? Yeah, um, right. Uh, that, that actor is crazy because, like, he's been in so much stuff, and I don't even realize. <laughs> then you look at it, like, oh, that is him. For me, there's a lot of really interesting. John Aston, that's who it was, John Aston. Yeah, yeah. because I feel, I feel like towards the end of the 80s, they were playing it safe. They're probably getting nailed by the rating boards. And oh, yeah. In the 90s, it kind of blew open again. Oh, yeah, because the 90s saw the, the resurgence of the slasher craze. Yeah. You know, you, you started coming out with the screams, and and uh, they started, you know, remaking the, the – I think it wasn't even there a Black Christmas remake in, in 99. Yeah. It was It was remade. So that it, all of that started coming back. So it wasn't – Yeah, and then you had um, Scream. Yeah. Yeah, the Scream franchise. And the Lord of Illusions was, like I said, another one that I really liked. I really liked it because it was so different. It is. It, it is. Different. It is. It sort of like in the mouth of madness. I also really love that movie, even though it's just, it's a mind trip. It is. Yeah. And Lord of illusions played on the whole cult 
yep. aspect too. Right. And there's just so many quotables in that movie. There is. You're right. One hundred percent. But my my pick is probably going to be one that he hates. And then Bride of Chucky, just because I like, uh, not that it's a, the best movie ever, but it's just got some fun elements to it. So the Chucky series went absolutely ridiculous, and they embraced it, which is why it was successful. Yeah. Because they absolutely wrapped their arms around the ridiculousness and said, we're just going to go over the top as far yeah. as we can go. I got You got to admire that. Yeah, I do. Yeah, Jim admires me a lot. That's what we're not talking about you. Uh, don't, we have, don't we have a Jason X in this time period, too? I thought that was early, early 2000s. Maybe it is 2000. I thought it was 2001, if I'm not mistaken, but yeah. I could be wrong. No, you're, you're probably right. So my pick for the 1990s, right, because we're mm-hmm. doing 90s, right? Oh um, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Because of the meta aspect, this was the first movie where I saw it applied really well. Yeah, it's not a bad movie. No, I, I, thought, I thought it was... It was I don't a think nice it'd be way my to... favorite, but I, it's no. not a bad movie. I thought it was a very honorable way for them to try and reboot that franchise. Yeah, and I, I really wish it would have stuck. It did because... a lot better than H two O. Yeah, <laughs> it did. <laughs> Mark. Yes. What do you think? Of a new nightmare. Yes, um, the new nightmare. There's things to like and hate about it. What do you hate about it? I'm curious. Uh, the screeching kid. Um, is super annoying. Uh, and, and yet you don't mind the Babadook? Well, hang on. So whenever you're talking about like annoying kids, right? You have to you have to think, is the kid supposed to be annoying or not? If the kid's supposed to be annoying, it's fine. That's acting, right? Uh, the kid in the Babadook is just a fucking supposed to be annoying and driving his mom crazy. Right? I have never wanted a child to die more in my right. life. But, but but that's the same. That's the, no, no, I, I understand why people say it, and that's fine. I, I mean, he kind of grates my nerves too. But but that's the role that he's in. That's that's the writer's problem. That's not the actor's problem. I didn't say it was the actor's problem. What I'm saying is, I don't understand how you could appreciate that performance, but not a kid that is becoming engulfed by because, because the kid in new nightmare is supposed to be likable and he is up until he starts becoming not screeching not until he starts being terrorized by the, the know, kid the Babadook is supposed to be annoying so i.e he did a good job <laughs> so so let me ask you this mark were you happy when he got hit by a truck in pet cemetery um gauge yeah same same actor um, so, uh, Jim, um, Jim, are you sitting down? I am. Okay. So I, I want to talk to you a little bit here. Just you. Okay. And me. Just you. And okay. Me. Um, Jim actors, um, have different roles and that's mm-hmm. their job. Uh, they're not a character. That's true. That's true. However, Miko Hughes is trying to bring back Dylan in the Nightmare on Elm Street series. But, uh, I mean, I... I don't. I mean, I like a new nightmare. Um, it when you talk about bad acting, like Wes Craven. Oh my God, he's terrible. Well, yeah. I mean, it, uh, he's but, not an actor. But as a concept, uh, I mean, the meta thing, I I think works in this for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, and I think you know, it's nice to see Robert England as Robert England in it. Right. You know, and he's doing his paintings, and he's kind, he's kind of like going mad. Yeah. <laughs> You know, 
but but I, I don't think it's completely successful, but I think it's good enough. That's fair. That's fair. I can I can give you that because I honestly thought you were going to have more of a guttural reaction to or a visceral reaction to me picking that no, for my 90s movie. No, I mean, no, I, I, I can see where you're coming from. So, okay. Pause. Yep. I, I don't have pause. <laughs> I have fingers. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Button. Uh, uh, uh. Who's your favorite vampire, Mark? Hang on. Are, are we are, are we still recording or what are we doing? No, we're not recording. I'm just asking you a question. Oh, you just said pause. I did. We're not recording right now because Joe took a break. So, probably uh, the 2000s. Who's, who's my favorite vampire? You mean mm-hmm. character or actor? I guess it would be character. Favorite vampire. My, mine is the one from Sesame Street. The vamp. Button. Uh, 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 two. Because Three. it counts. Uh, uh, uh. Four. <laughs> that was, um, that was a dad it, joke. That it, was just it, a dad joke, Mark. It was a bad setup to a dad joke. It, it's it's probably uh, the guy from Twilight. <laughs> You say that just to antagonize me, you trouble dick. face, whatever his name is. <laughs> Who's not a bad actor, actually. I don't. I don't. I honestly have not. I've. I'm not gonna lie. I've avoided most of his movies. Um. Because of the fact that I did not like Twilight. So you haven't seen the Batman? I have not. Mm-mm. It's a good movie. It's not all that, but it's a good movie. It's worth watching. What everybody keeps telling me. Um. It, it's a young Batman who really doesn't succeed in anything. Yeah. <laughs> so it's pretty funny. He was good in the lighthouse too, um, but that's yeah. That one I don't know why I I didn't I didn't avoid that movie because of him. I just never got around to watching it. it it's it's a very strange arty movie. And yeah, I I don't see many people saying yeah I liked it okay. I think people either really like it or really don't. But mm-hmm. saying that I just liked it okay. There, it remind it sort of gave me the same vibes as a movie. I think it's called Cold Skin. Right. Yeah. No, it's it, it's not like that. No. No. It's uh, Willem Dafoe's great in it too. I mean, it's a two. It almost you could see it as a stage play, although it wasn't. Um, yeah, that's the one. Two thousand two thousand seventeen Cold Skin. That was a, that was a pretty good film. Back. I, I don't know. Back. Thanks. What y'all talking about? Uh, we, I, I, I did a terrible dad joke about a vampire. Uh oh. And then we got onto Robert Pattinson. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, enough said about that. I'm not a big fan of that stuff. If, yes. if y'all talking about Twilight, I'm not. Yeah, he, no, we don't. There for it. He's a good actor, though. Yeah. I, I just I, like Twilight to make fun of it. So that's about the only reason I watch it is to be like, I'm Team Jacob. You know. Yeah. We we call it Breaking Wind. <laughs> it's it's the same as uh, Kristen Stewart, right? I didn't see uh, I didn't see her in anything apart from Underwater, and I thought she was great in it. So I, yeah, I, I heard thought, it was good. I never saw it. Yeah. I thought she was great in The Messengers, but after that, I never saw her with any facial expression ever. It's always the same, and yes. I hated Underwater. Yeah, yeah The Messengers. Well, that's a different one than The Messenger with Christy. 
Yeah, uh, I know what you're yeah, talking the, about from the early 2000s. Yeah, yeah it's, it's I'm it's talking a about the messenger. Okay. Yeah, this is the messengers where her family moves out to a farm that is haunted, and it, it's actually a really, really well done movie. She plays like the the old older teenage daughter. Mm. She does a really good job in it. Yeah, she seems like you know a decent enough person. Okay, so shall we go on to the 2000s, gentlemen? <laughs> Um, I haven't done my 1990s pick yet. Oh, okay, sorry. So, 1990s, Mark, go. Okay, so I wanted to have at least one foreign movie on here. And um, I think the 90s, you know, with the 80s, VHS, etc., you had, you know, more access. But I think in the 90s, we really started to have uh, more and more foreign horror movies. But... Uh, 1990s, the, uh, my favorite is Ringu. Okay, that's fair. It, it, that's a great film. That's I mean, the J-horror stuff really started happening mid-90s. Yeah. Um, and Ringu, I think, was... To me, To me, it's just such a great movie. It's such a influential movie, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I wanted to put something um, that's a little bit different. Uh, whenever we're talking about the 90s, I mean, you talk about things like Candyman, right? Yeah. Um, Dead Alive, talking about Peter yep. Jackson. That was a great film. Uh, Blair Witch Project, which was almost my number one pick, but I, again, I want to do something a little bit different. Okay. Um, Silence of the Lambs. That's a great movie. It is a great movie. The only horror movie, quote unquote. To it still movie. holds up. Still holds up, still watchable. I've heard people say it doesn't hold up. I'm like, no, nah, it's still good. Oh no, yeah. it's it's still amazing. Yep. Uh, Cemetery Man. I have not seen that one. Um, Italian uh, horror comedy from Dust Till Dawn. Yeah, it's a great movie. Well, you know I've my story. A, um, I've got a titty twister shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I, the, I have a story about from Dust Till Dawn. I think Mark's heard it already, so we'll we'll skip it for now. Oh boy. So, yeah, so, so Ringu is my uh, top pick just because it, it, it was the gateway yes. type of movie for, for more uh, foreign horror movies. A lot yeah. of them, you know, prior to that has been generally European. Uh, yeah. You know, you're looking at the Fulci's and the you know, Argento's, etc. But, you know, J-Horror. Well, and it, it kicked off the, the series of American remakes, too, in the early 2000s. Right. And, and they started and, remaking The Grudge and Ring and all that stuff. Yeah, and, and I think the Ring remake was absolute dog shit. And I don't mind it, but it's probably because I saw that I saw that before I saw the original J horror version. It just didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, it, it's like you take a foreign country's mythology. Yeah, you put it over to the U.S. and you you're like, I can't figure out how to put this mythology into this movie, so we'll just ignore it. Right. I mean, that's See, fair. my, my J-horror movies are going to be in the 2000s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, the Splatter Gore, like uh, Tokyo Gore Police, Machine oh, yeah. Girl. Classic. I love stuff like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know. I'm surprised in the 70s you didn't do Haosu, Mark. Oh, is a great movie. <laughs> it actually, it was it was a fever dream of a movie. It, it I, I, did not, I did not hate that movie. <clears throat> is it experimental? Yeah. Okay, uh, so we're moving on to the... Da, 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 2000s. Joe? Mm-hmm. Joe? Uh, slightly difficult, but I think that this movie is the ultimate love letter to 
Halloween season, trick or treat. Okay, fun. that's fair. It was good. Um, the, all, this, all the little side stories are fun, and they I like yep. how they weave together to be one big story. Yeah. And even to the point where if you go back and rewatch it, you can see characters from the other stories in the periphery yep. of the current stories that you're watching. And it's just fun, frightening, and uh-huh. just a well-done movie with some some seriously gory parts. Agreed. I thought I thought it was it was done very very well. It's so funny they shelved that movie for years, right? Yes. So, yeah. Yes, it was like they were afraid to uh, to release it or something. But I, I, you know, I really don't understand why. I mean, it's not like it was like. I, I could understand if it was like super gory or had like tons of nudity or or, or something, but you know. It, it's a great movie. It is. I, yeah. I, I, mean, I think it's anything fun is, and it's rewatchable. Yeah, but, I, um, I don't think there's anything offensive in it. And I don't know why you would sit on it and just be like, I'm not going to release this movie because, like, fine. I, I don't get it. Right. I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe the kids part of it. Like, there's, there's parts where kids get killed. And there's parts where you got the teacher... Or the te- yeah, teacher but, or principal, and he's doing diabolical stuff to the kids. Yeah, um, but we're talking about the, two, the 2000s here. Yeah, like, yeah. you got a lot worse. Oh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And if it wasn't trick or treat, I'm not sure this fits exactly into horror, but it's got some really, um, I guess, visceral moments is be Hellboy. Mm, mm-hmm. okay. I really like Hellboy a lot, and I like yeah. the sequel as well. What about the remake? Not a fan. <laughs> um, I watched a little bit of it. I just, I just couldn't. After, after Ron Perlman was so iconic as Hellboy, it's really hard to watch someone it, else. And I guess it isn't fair to the actor, but also um, Mila Jovovich is not always good in everything. So it, it's the writing and direction, which yeah. is a shame because it's Neil Marshall who did Dog Soldiers and Descent. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I recently watched. Um, and Dog new, Soldiers is amazing. Fantastic. I, re- I recently watched The Lair um, from him, and it was like some sort of sci-fi channel bullshit. Uh-huh. I, I, like he, I don't know what's happened to him, but he was such a good director, and now it's just like, what are you? Probably doing? a lot of interference. I would imagine on the Hellboy there was a lot of interference. Yeah. yeah. Because uh, Mike Manola, is it Manola? He didn't really like. The Del Toro stuff. I didn't like working with Del Toro as much, so I don't know. There was interference there. Jim? Okay. Oh, my turn. We're in two thousands, right? Yep. So I I only wrote down one movie, and this is my probably my favorite vampire movie of all time. Thirty Days of Night. Twilight. That's a... No, not Twilight, asshole. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a fantastic movie. I think it was a really ingenious idea to put them in a place where they can just go buck wild for 30 days. Yeah. I thought it, does it was fantastic. Get a little hokey at the end, I think. It does. But it's, yeah. But it's good. It's, it's that rewatchable. The only thing that I, the only complaint I have is that sappy fucking ending. I yeah. hated that part of it, but yeah, the movie itself up until that point, fantastic. Well done. It, it, it's just, I, I, you, and I love the vampires because they are just feral beasts. And there's a lot there's, of different takes on the vampires during this time period. Yeah. Wasn't uh, Daywalkers also? Yep. That was pretty good. It was. It was. Yep, I agree with that. Um, I, I like that the vampires uh, spoke. Was was it Russian or their own language? I can't remember. I think it was their own language. Their own language. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I love some of the uh, overhead shots, right? So you, you get 
them like descending into the town like and it's like a helicopter view right yeah and, and then it's just got the the blood splatter on the snow yep as yep. they're doing it the only thing i i, I kind of don't like about that movie is there's a portion kind of two-thirds the way where they're like hiding from the vampires and they're hiding right. from them for like i don't know two weeks or something right. like the, the vampires could just fucking burn the, the place down they could have but you know why they didn't mark because they don't like barbecue because it wasn't in the script right it it wasn't in the graphic novel (laughs) anyway it does have a little of that um doesn't have a little of that shaky cam and strobe kind of cam looking a little bit yeah a little yeah okay underworld around this time too oh yeah yeah yep that was that was pretty fun watch it was the first one, it got it got to be too much. Yeah, it's real long in the tooth quick on that one. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> wow, I, I didn't even realize I made a pun. <laughs> I'm just naturally pun gifted. <laughs> You're so punny. Yeah, I know. Mark? You're the punisher. Yes. <laughs> yeah. ha, ha, so, Jim, ha. Jim, you will know what my pick is because it's my favorite horror movie. It's going to be Martyrs. I know. It is... Pascal Luege's Martyrs, an absolute classic. Mm-hmm. I agree. You did subject me to that film, and that was a fantastic film. I'll have to see it. I have not seen this movie. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's it's part of the French new wave of extreme horror movies that came out in the 2000s. Like in, I think it was 2006, it, right? Uh, uh, hot Tension, um, uh, movies like that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't really want to tell you, Joe, much about it because it'll spoil it. The the enjoyment of the movie is not knowing where it's going. Agreed, agreed. Not knowing what's happening is probably the best part. The anticipation it, is it torture porn? So, so I don't like that term <laughs> because Wait, is I, it is it is it like that but not using that term? It, it, there, it gets there, there in parts. There are okay. certain sections, but it's not. There's so when you look at like hostel, right? You know, people say hostel is torture porn. Um, it seems like okay, the only reason why there's torture in this is because the characters on screen, um, are, are torturing people because they enjoy it, right? Right, but in this movie, it's integral to the storyline. What, what that what the characters go through is integral to the storyline, so it could not have been any more. Um, fluffy, I guess it has to be really dark and horrific. It, and and it's not the whole movie. It's only certain. Right. There's this movie is built into certain sections where they take a right turn, mm-hmm. and you're like, I don't. Okay, so we're going this. Is it like this movie? And then it moves. Yep. And you're like, okay, it's this sort of. Then it moves. And right. you're like, okay, it's this. And, and then at the very end of the movie. It's got such an open ending. It does. You can sit there and discuss it with people and say, well, this is what I think about it. Or this is, okay, well, I can see where you're coming from. And you're not wrong, but this is where I'm coming from. And, you know, it. Mm-hmm. I just watch it. <laughs> yep, I'll check it out. Yeah, that is, that is a high recommendation from both of us. It, okay, it, was on, it, it was on Tubi for free. I don't know if it still is. I don't know. We, but, but by the way, just watch the original French version. Don't watch the the US remake. Right. Okay. Obviously. 
Uh, but talking about 2000s, obviously, Martyrs. Um, again, we've got some more uh, foreign movies. We have, uh, like, Pan's Labyrinth. Great movie. Yep. Um, Drag Me to Hell. Again, we talked about of course, yeah. Demon. It's a good movie. Uh, the Orphanage. That's a fantastic movie. movie. Uh, that is an underappreciated movie. Wonderful Spanish movie. Um, the Descent, talking about Neil Neil Marshall again. Oh, you know what? You know what never gets. You never. You know what never gets talked about. I got. I got to look this up. Go on. Sorry. Let me look this up. What? The Devil's Backbone. Yeah, I. Two thousand one. Yeah, I like, but it's not my favorite of his. No, but it's it's a great movie that doesn't get talked about enough. I think. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even know that was a Del Toro movie. If I'm being honest, I had no idea. Uh, and the last one I wrote down, Joe, uh, Trick or Treat. Oh, good. <laughs> good stuff. Okay, so the, we're, into the, we're into the 2010s now. Wow. Mm-hmm. Joe? Okay, I got a, I got a movie that I'm not sure if you're all going to be alignment with, but I'll, I'll die on a hill for it. I think it's yeah. really good. Um, okay. The remake of Evil Dead. Oh, Ooh. I think it's a really effective reboot. Um, some of the character moments are kind of thin, but when it gets going, it doesn't let up. And it's, can... it's, it's, it's rough in spots to watch even now, but it's still, I don't know. It just blows me away. I think it's were... a good homage to, to the, I don't think it really replaces the original movies. I think it's more of a, right. a, a, a soft reboot sequel. Because there they were parts find of it, the book. There were parts of it that I appreciated. Um, I, I don't hold it in as high of esteem as you do, but I, I, there were parts that I can appreciate about it, like the scene where she loses her hand. I thought that was really inventive, the way that they did that. Yeah, the gore parts are really, really difficult. <laughs> yeah. But they're great. They're great. Yeah. Um, I, I love the brutality of Evil Dead remake. I think it's absolutely fantastic, and some of the visuals with like the raining the blood, uh, raining blood, um, the the chainsaw kill towards the end. I like a lot of things about it. What I don't like is, um, I don't like any of the characters in it. Right. I like the guy with the glasses. Uh, no, I, I thought he was. I thought he was cool. I don't know the character's name. The guy that figures stuff out. No, yeah, I the guy that was kind of figuring everything out. And it's like, oh shit, guys! And then like, <laughs> they're not paying attention to him. He he, he he reminded me of the guy in um, Cabin in the Woods. That's a yes. stubborn, that's a stubborn guy. Yeah. That, but you know, it's funny because he gets so he probably gets the worst kind of treatment in the movie. Like he gets the most torture. Um, Maybe y'all would like my my uh, honorable mentions better. Hmm. Um, my two honorable mentions are Ready or Not, love it, and You're Next, love it. Oh, I, I do have Ready. Yeah, Your Next was good. Ready or Not, I do have on my list also. That's a good movie. It's a lot it of is. fun. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I, I I really dig both those movies. Okay. <clears throat> Jim. Okay. So the 2010s, I have three movies. We already talked about Ready or Not. My number one is The Taking of Deborah Logan. Mm-hmm. I can't say enough about that movie. It is it is a, a modern masterpiece to me. It's done so well. And watching the actress, and I can't remember her name for the life of me, that plays Deborah Logan. She, she used to be one of my mo- 
on one of my mom's soap operas that she watched every day after school. Oh Jesus Christ, Jim! Mm. But no, 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 listen. Yeah. I did not. I didn't. I didn't know that until I looked her up later. No, I, I didn't know that until I looked it up later. But it, it's a phenomenal movie in every sense of the word because, really, for most of the movie, you don't know if this woman is just crazy or if there really is something going on. Like, is she really just spiraling into dementia and Alzheimer's, or is something really going on? Until you see her try and swallow a child. Anyway. Uh, spoiler. Well, I mean, the movie is, you know, what, 13 years old? I think, I think I'm safe mm-hmm. saying that. That's okay. Um, it's funny because I follow the director, Adam Robital. Uh, I love this movie, too. I, I mean, Masterpiece, maybe, maybe a little too much to say it's a masterpiece, but it's, it's such a good movie. Yeah. Um, and he did uh, one of the Paranormal Activity movies, uh, sequels, which was actually one of the better ones, right. Escape Room, uh, movies like that. Um, and he <laughs> he shared, like, a gif of, like, the woman eating the kid, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm like, oh, well, I guess if he's posting that, you know. That's <laughs> 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 the time of spoilers because it's, <laughs> it came out so. And my my last film that I wanted to talk about from the 2010s, I know Mark doesn't like it, but I do, is Crawl. I thought that was a really fun movie. What I know the premise. I, I like it. <laughs> I know the premise is stupid, but I had a lot of fun what, watching this. Why film. do you think I, I like it? I like it. I just didn't think it'd be your your type of movie, Mark. From being why? I I don't know. I just didn't think that would be something that you would appreciate. It's a fun alligator, stupid movie. It's fun. Yeah, exactly, and that's that's what I enjoyed about it. There's the same reason I enjoyed the Meg. It's a fun, stupid no, the giant Meg shark is movie. Bullshit. The the Meg is boring. It is not. You just have no imagination. <laughs> oh, I need I imagination. <laughs> the only complaint the only complaint I have about the Meg is that they made a giant shark movie with no blood. Jim, did you like Skinamarink? No. You have no imagination. That's true. I don't. Exactly. So you're you're your fault. <laughs> not the movie. Mark, hey Mark, did you like Skinnerink? Yeah. You lying sack of shit. You only got through ten minutes. <laughs> no, I got through thirty minutes. You like the ten minutes you saw? Yeah. I you got know, through seven. You know, watching that, I'm like, I really need to paint these walls now. Yeah. Right. That's that's what I got. Anyway, so anyway, that's my 2010s. 2010s for me. A absolute modern day classic, which is Ari Aster's Hereditary. Okay, fair. Um, I think there there's nothing to not like about this movie. Um, the direction, uh, the seamless transitions between the dollhouse and the real house. Mm-hmm. The acting is phenomenal. Uh, Tony Collette should have won an Oscar for it. Um, the mythology is fantastic, and um, I love everything about it. And the more you re- rewatch it, the more you get from it. Okay. Um, also, Tony good in everything. Oh yeah, she, she is. She is fantastic. And speaking of Tony Collette, one of the movies I was remiss to mention was Krampus because that is a fun Christmas movie. Oh That's yeah, a good movie. That's a really that good movie. Yeah. Um, uh, talking about twenty tens, uh, some of my other honorable mentions. Uh, John dies at the end. Uh, absolutely still, love it. Don Oscarelli again. Still haven't seen that one. I'm fine with it. Uh, it. 
I, I could take or leave it. I, I really didn't didn't have any feelings one way or the other. I thought that um, Skarsgård did a great job in reimagining the clown, but I, I don't have any strong ties to. I, I, I thought it was really good all the way around. Yeah. Um, we are still here. That one I have not seen. With Barbara Crampton, um, mm -hmm. it's it's honestly like a throwback to. Um, it remind me of uh, Fulci. Fulci movies, hmm. amazing. Is Shutter, I think. I was gonna say, that, didn't Beyond the Gates come out around this time too with her in it? Yes, that was pretty good. That was that was pretty well done. And then Jacob's Wife. I haven't hmm. seen that one. Uh, where it's this it, a vampire movie? It's pretty good. It's not as good as uh, We're Still Here. Okay. Uh, Bone Tomahawk. Did not see it. Didn't see it. What? So it's a it's a western. Which ends up as a horror, and it's got um, uh, what's his name from the thing? Well, it can't be Wilfred Brimley; he's dead. No, Larry <laughs> Goldie Hawn. Why am I blanking on him? Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Hmm. <laughs> Kurt Russell. I, it's absolutely. Um, Amazing slow burn starts off with um anyway, I won't get into it because we have the usually fine yeah. death, bone, bone plot and death proof too. Um autopsy of Jane Doe. Oh yeah, that's a good one that we that I failed to mention. Yeah. Uh the perfection. Uh, so I enjoyed it a lot, and I thought it was a really clever film, but I don't know that I would have included it on this list. Yes, I thought The Perfection was perfect. almost perfection. And for a Netflix movie. Yeah, it was really well done. I will give you that. I just, I don't know that I would have included it on uh, this list. The last one just on my list is the uh, Astron 6 movie, The Editor, which is a parody of uh, 70s Giallo. And it is fantastic. Okay, that's fair. Okay. And no one mentioned any of the Sharknado movies. <laughs> so, Joe, reason for that. so, Joe, I, I have this idea that you can't make a movie that's supposed to be so bad it's good. You have to legitimately make a movie thinking that it's good, but it's bad. I would agree with that. Like, like it's hard to manufacture a so bad it's good movie. Yeah, because if you try to make a so bad it's good movie, it's going to look like it's try hard. Right. Um, right. But I think, I don't know, you're saying that about Sharknado? I'm, I'm curious, though, too. Mark, <laughs> how do you feel about the trauma films if you can't set out to make a so bad it's good film? They're, they, they're not making it so bad it's good. Like, you look at, say, The Toxic Avenger, right? Perhaps yeah. Famous movie. Well, the, orig the original, yes. Yeah, yeah I, I think the agree. later trauma films, though, I feel like they, you can see through them. Yeah, they aren't 100%. as good. They aren't as good as the '80s and '70s trauma stuff. Right, right. But they're they're just low budget trying movies. They're not this like 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 you brought up Sharknado. Like the Sci-Fi Channel was much better when it was the SCI-FI channel. Yeah, agreed. Not the yeah. Sci-Fi Channel. Because they made some ridiculous 
legitimately trying to be good movies. Frankenfish. But they were, but, but they were terrible. Like Grizzly Rage and things, Savage yep. Planet. Like, they were just funny because they were trying... Like It's like Ed Wood, right? Mm-hmm. He he legitimately wanted to make good movies, um, but there weren't. I don't <laughs> think the um, that's what's so, she... that's what's so funny about it, right? But if you if I go like I I go, it's almost like trying to make a parody movie, but you're trying to be serious because you want it to come off as I'm trying to make a serious movie that's so bad it's good. Like I think that it's a it's a mockbuster. So it's it's a it's a exploitation movie to just try to exploit blockbuster movies. Yeah, and it did it. I mean, and it all did six, it. Yeah, it's like six it's, of them, right? Yeah, and it's a low budget epic movie, and they did a well, lot of those movies. Well, I think some of those movies. Um, what's that film studio that did like Transmorphers and stuff? Asylum. Asylum, right? So I don't think they were setting out to make bad movies. They set out to make movies that your grandparents were going to buy you some sort of Christmas move, like gift, yes. gift, and they thought it was Transformers, but it was Transformers. Yes, exactly. Oh. It's exploit- <laughs> definitely exploitation, but that's, that's just what they do. Yeah. And some of them aren't that bad. Some of them are not that bad. They're not, you know, like you wouldn't well, want I mean, to like binge I, watch I, a bunch of them. But I specifically have a problem with thinking that the people that made Thanksgiving or Poultry Geist set out to make good movies. No, they, no, no. But no. they are fantastic. I love them. You, but I cannot believe that they did not set out to make exactly what they made. They're not trying to make bad movies, Jim. They're not trying to make bad movies. They're making movies in a specific genre. Yeah, of, that's what I mean. Of goofiness, right? Right. They know they're goofy. That's the audience that they're you know, playing to. Um, but, but there's ones like Birdemic 2. No, the, the first Birdemic, which I don't think was fun because it was just boring, but it was so bad. Some people might say it's good, but when you make Birdemic 2 in the same style, well, no, then you're missing the point. It's like Troll 2, right? Troll 2, the director, uh, Bruno Matai was blown away that people were laughing at his movie. Like, yeah. he could not understand that. He's like, I tried to make a good movie, and he didn't understand the difference between people enjoying it because it's like... <laughs> from people enjoying it because it's good. Right. And that's the difference. But that's what Ed, that's how Ed Wood felt, too. That wasn't right. He felt like he was making something amazing, and people just didn't understand his vision. Yeah. And he made some transgressive stuff too, like um, Ed or Edna, or what, what was the one? Leonard Glenda. Leonard Glenda, that's the one, right? Right. Yeah. So, and, and he, like, and I think that's why um, the movie Ed Wood um, is so good because it really shows that he was just, like, super excited to make movies, right? Yeah. An amazing and movie. He didn't have the talent or the money behind it. But he still did what he loved. And you got to love that. But these people, which I feel are like, you know, you've got, you've got the studio accountants behind it. Hey, can you make this movie? Let's set up a super premise. It's Piranha Head versus Alligator Face, right? And it's going to be so bad, it's going to be a cult movie. No, you can't do that. 
right? Or, well, you can, but it's not going to be a cult movie. It's just going to be crap. Yeah, but even even Hollywood, modern Hollywood, is very um, guilty of <coughs> cash, cash grab remakes, stuff like that. Oh, yeah, totally. I, so, I, just, I mean, I just partners in crime to some degree, yeah. you know? I, I, just think this, <laughs> I, I just think this corporate manufacturing, or not even corporate, but just people trying to manufacture a cult movie. Cult movies have to, they're, they're cult movies for a reason. And that's like a natural reason. It's not because you want to make it a cult movie. Right? How about something like Planet of the Vampire Women? I feel like they were set out to make a cult movie in a sense. Did you see uh, that one? I I have not seen that. But, uh, but even things like, well, probably because you're talking about Planet of the Vampire Woman, like, yeah. Life, or, like Life Force, right? The Toby Hooper movie. I mean, that's a cult classic. Yeah. It's like the biggest B... It's like a huge budget B movie. Right. But he didn't... So. Or, or The Keep. Think, movies like that. They But they didn't set out to make those as cult movies. No, I just think that... I think that was a... Wasn't that a Golan Globus movie? Or Canon? So Canon was just like... <laughs> they would just give him creative control. Just say, make something that's that people are going to enjoy. Oh, yeah. So that, that was a great thing about those guys is that you got a lot of movies that were just fun. I mean, some of them are terrible, but they're terrible fun. Yeah, there, there's a really great documentary about canon movies. I can't remember the name of it. Total it was Recall was a canon movie. But yeah. it's it's almost like they had kind of like the Roger Corman mm-hmm. mentality of come up with just like a, a cool idea. Like it could be two sentences, but mm-hmm. come up with a cool name. And then we'll make it. <laughs> you know, we, we'll throw some money behind it because oh, they threw tons of money on some of these, like Masters of the Universe. Oh yeah, Just, uh, is Superman four. Yeah, <laughs> oh, God, that movie's we basically destroyed them because they <laughs> threw so much money. Anyway, um, 2020s? 2020s. 2020s. Joe, there's, there's not a lot to pick from yet. Because uh, we're still in it. Um, but I think that the one that I had the most fun with, and I guess I just tend to pick a lot of fun movies, but um, I really liked Freaky. Yep. Okay, that's fair. It was okay. Freaky. I like how it was a fusion of Freaky Friday and Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the, the, the three main characters were fun. Mm-hmm. Even the side characters were kind of fun. And it has some great meta moments. Yep. And I felt like... Um, the actresses Catherine Newton and Vince Vaughn. I think they really nailed playing each other, and it yeah. was convincing. It was a fun movie. Yeah, I, I enjoy. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Yeah, agreed. I, I really went into it expecting something bad. Yeah, and then I think that I only have one runner-up, and just because I thought this was so much fun as well to watch was Malignant. Okay, mm. that's fair. Malignant. I just love how Malignant. There's just at a certain point, it's sort of like Dust to Dawn in that a certain point in the midway of the movie, it just goes batshit. Yep. And it's just like, what? Yep. And it's the same thing when you're watching Dust to Dawn in the 90s, and it's sort of like this crime thing going. Then they get to the titty twister, and it's batshit. Yep, agreed. I really it's... like movies when they when they do a 180 
like that. I, I really like the James Wan, who you know has been doing like the Conjuring universe and all those ones, and you know fairly straightforward. Did a big budget throwback to 1980s weirdness. Yeah, there's a I lot. Like of, he just went for it. He just went lot, for it. There's a lot of giallo influences in that movie, but there's also a lot of like Frank Henenlotter, like Basket Case. Oh yeah, and Reanimator. And right. there's a lot of 80s craziness in it. Um, yeah. I, it doesn't make an awful lot of sense, but I don't care right. because it's just different and fun and i'm glad that uh, a big budget uh director um is going it's almost like going back to your roots like if you could make a movie you make it probably from the time you're growing up in the 80s just like craziness (laughs) yeah i like when they just are willing to have some fun yeah yeah agreed and it's it's really admirable because every not everything has to be so serious right you know jim Okay, so I picked. I have two movies on my list. Um, the first one I picked again because it was fun, and that's Psycho Gorman. That's a great movie. I've seen that one. I had a lot of fun. Oh, with oh, 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 Jim, 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 Jim. What? 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 Were, were you just talking to me about annoying kids in movies? Yeah, that, that, that I girl did, was really. I annoying. did hate the girl. Yes, <laughs> I did. But I think what's so funny about that one is that it's the juxtaposition. It's a lot of well, fun. I actually, it was the fact that she was so annoying that made me appreciate her because mm-hmm. I was a lot like her when I was a child. So, so this is made again by some of the guys from Astron Six, who did the mm-hmm. editor, who mm-hmm. did uh, Manborg, Father's Day, a lot of those yeah. movies, right? That's awesome. I didn't know their history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I like I, how it's like a horror Power Rangers. Yeah, pretty much. And I thought it was great. I thought it was so well done. Yeah, it's great. The other one, which might surprise Mark, I don't know, is a Norwegian film called Troll. I haven't seen it. It I thought it was extremely well done. And I, I'm gonna be honest, I just looked up the reviews for it and I'm really surprised by all the hate it gets. Jim, have you seen Troll Hunter? I have. I enjoyed that one also. So is this better or worse than it? Better. I thought this was better. And this is a Netflix one. I I think I might have started like the first two seconds of it. And mm-hmm. then I had my usual movie ADHD and I was looking for something yeah. else. I think it's I think it's worth the watch and I it it's obvious it obviously has an agenda. It has a political agenda in the film. Mm-hmm. And that is that we are killing our planet. And it, it they don't try and hide that that's what they're going for. So, but that aside, I thought it was really well done. It was, I, I had fun watching it and I thought it, the special effects were great. I just, I really enjoyed it. I don't mind. So some of the commentary and stuff like that, as long as it's done in a fun or interesting way, it's yeah. not a really a horror movie. Well, but that's I thought like, that the hunt was good with that. Yeah. I agree. I, because I'll be honest, when I first saw The Hunt in theaters, I hated it up until Hillary Swank showed up and I realized, oh, they're just saying fuck you to everybody. Okay, yeah. now I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People thought that it was like, oh, this is against this or this is against that. Yeah. But they were they were against everyone. Everything. Making fun. It's basically a satire uh-huh. of the whole social thing. Yep. And I think it's Mark. a better movie when you when you get that. 
Yeah, I agree. I because I really did hate it up until that point, and then I was like, oh, now everything makes so much more sense. Yeah, yeah. And I like the I like the lead actress a lot. She yeah. she pulled it off. She did. Oh, Mark, Mark, you're. I know what movie. I know one of the movies you're going to mention because <laughs> you liked it so much. Okay, so why don't you guess? The menu. That that is on my honorable mentions. I knew it was going to be on your list somewhere. So, so my number one movie. I was trying to think. Okay, so recent movies that I've watched, um, and I came to the strange conclusion of a movie which I initially rated four out of ten. Oh God! But then, Jim, do you know what it is? I don't. Not off the top of my head. But then I thought about it, and I like thought about it, and. I rewatched it and I'm like, I, I kind of get it now. I get if it. The, if you say the Deep House, I'm just going to throw my earbuds and I'm going to walk away. No, but I, I like the Deep House. Okay. Go no, on. it is uh, Jordan Peele's movie Nope. Oh, okay. I can. I, so the funny thing is, that's the only movie of his that I've enjoyed. Right. Um, this is a movie I didn't understand the first time I watched it. Yep. Nope. Uh, there, huh? Yeah. Okay, I haven't seen it. I want to see it, but I haven't seen it. And and it's a movie where there's it's it's more about the symbolism of certain things, which I didn't understand the first time, um, and then I understood um, after rewatching it. And I still think it's a little long. They should, yeah. they, they they could have cut twenty minutes off it uh, to make it a much tighter movie. Uh, but I think as far as cinematic death, um, it's hard to beat some of the scenes in this. Yep. They're not graphic, um, but just thinking about it, it's just like, oh my God, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's not good. Um, so yeah, nope. I'm also, uh, talking about films like Ready or Not, uh, The Hunt, I thought yeah. was very good. Um, we, we just talked about that, Mark. Oh, I went to the bathroom. So I figured oh, as did? much. <laughs> yes. Oh wow! Because I said That's I wasn't what... sure if it was a horror movie or not, but I thought the whole oh, it totally is was a when, lot of fun. When he came, when he came back and just said, "Oh yep," I was yeah. like, "Oh yeah," he he was not at he was not <laughs> listening. <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, I, I'm there with you on the hunt. I would actually. I don't own it, but I would actually own that movie. Yeah, and, and I, 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 I thought the lead actress was really great in it. She yeah. was amazing. And she, she was. was believable. She sounded like someone who came, who, who's from Alabama. Yep. Um, the Night House, that was almost my number one. Um, just a great mystery, is it a ghost, is it not uh, movie. Um, the Sadness, a South Korean, just gore fest, um, yep. which is... Uh, Again, it's, it's almost a remake of Gareth Ennis' um, graphic novels. Uh, it, it is just, like, brutal. Uh, Malignant, I wrote down. <laughs> One that I brought up last week, which turned my stomach. Oh, Jim, what is it? It's fall. Right? It's fall. I cannot stand heights. And sometimes I'll mm-hmm. torture myself looking at, you know, YouTube videos of people like, up in skyscrapers and looking down and stuff. And this movie was just 90 minutes of people up on a radio tower, 2000 feet up 
and it was shot so well, you would think they're they're up there, and it's like, oh, gross. So <laughs> that one, uh, the menu, uh, yeah, I think it's very interesting uh, movie. But uh, lastly, uh, a resurgence in the uh, Predator movie franchise with Prey. Yes, that was good. It was. It was very. It, this and Predators are probably my two favorite, most recent entries in that in that universe. I liked Predators a lot. And I thought I it think was fun. You, I think you could nitpick Prey in some spots, but I think overall they did much better than I thought they were going to do. Agreed. Agreed. I my my only complaint is how quickly she figured out the technology. Yeah, she was. She kind of like turned into a martial artist, like in some particular point in the movie. The, but... the one. The one part I really liked, though, is I watched an interview with her after it was released, and her and her father actually throw axes competitively. Mm. Like, for, well, that, for the last Christmas, she bought her father a pair of axes to yeah, throw. Yeah, but I thought it was great. I thought it was Yeah, fine. I agree. Yeah, and a lot of those actors are first-time actors, right? And they're Native American. Like, the brother and so I thought the brother was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, surprising. But, but I think this also opens up it's almost like a comic book, right? So you open up more dimensions of, hey, could you have predators back in like ancient Rome? Yep. Or could you have them like in, uh, you know, Vikings and you know, just you? And you kind of, kind of wreck, they kind of retcon the pistol thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which I didn't like that, but it's just a movie, so whatever. I, I could see that. I could see what they're doing there. Like, well, let's connect it to Predator too, but. Then somebody would have had to kill her or whomever and get the, get it back to give it back to them. Yeah, it's just kind of, I don't know, <laughs> sort of a fan service thing that doesn't really pan out too well. Right. Okay, well, that was our um, top movie from the 1920s to the 2020s. That's right. hundred okay. years of movies. We In can... a little over two hours. Wow. Yeah. That was a lot of stuff. That I'm was. Really su- I'm really surprised yeah. that... There was a lot of interesting picks on there. I agree, and it's hard. It's like I appreciate a lot of movies, mm-hmm. but it's it's hard to pick like one or two out of an entire decade because I yeah. could, I could roll with so many of them. Yeah, you know, I, I, and and that's why whenever I like thought of it, and then I'm like, oh crap, <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> it's so difficult, especially more, more recent uh, decades. But um, so, Joe. Now we normally do. Um, wait, 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 wait. I, I have a question for you, Mark. Yes. Before we before we do the what we've watched. Yeah. Um. You you asked a question on Facebook, and I want to know your response. Mm. How many of my picks were nostalgia related? Uh, most of them. Zero, sir. <laughs> oh bullshit! No, I did not. Did not pick a movie just because I had a, a childhood link to it. There are uh, movies that I actually enjoyed. Oh, okay, so my question is, um, I'm being honest here, Jim. Yeah. If I didn't say that, how many of your picks would have been nostalgia picks? Uh, my list, pro- given any on any given day, my list is going to change dramatically because I enjoy so many different types of films. But the ones that I picked, I stand by wholeheartedly. They are some of my favorite films. You would give an average of six out of ten for your yes, films. most of these, yes. Yeah. Joe, do you find that weird? <laughs> we, 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 we did our top five horror movies <laughs> last week. And in Jim's top five, he had like a seven out of ten rating. 
<laughs> like just yeah, because I I'm, think it would have to be for me, it would have to be like a near perfect movie. Right, ten out of ten. No, it had to be like a nine or a ten because it could be a nine with a lot of strong elements to it. Right. Well, I'll give you an example, Joe. We I we both love Event Horizon. However, yeah, that's, that's an amazing movie. Yes. But on rewatch, the special effects don't hold up. Some of the storyline is weak. Doesn't mean I don't still love it. It does affect how I rate it. Well, that's the same with the Frighteners. That's the same right. with Lord of Illusions. Exactly. It's got some CG in there that is really does not hold but, up. But, but that doesn't take you out of it, right? I it mean, doesn't. It, it does, it, in no way is it going to affect how much I appreciate the movie. No. It is, however, if you ask me to give it a hard rating, going to affect how I rate the film. I, I, I guess my point is, if Jim likes a movie, he gives it a 4 out of 10. <laughs> I give it a 7 out of 10, like most normal human beings. You you rate way too easily, sir. Right. Anyway, let's move on. So so now we go on to our what we've watched. So oh, good do Lord. you have any uh, <laughs> recently that you would like to bring up? It doesn't have to be horror. could be anything. Good grief. What was the last thing that I watched? Or I do a lot of like, what if I'm not watching movies, and I usually I've, been, I've got um, a couple of channels on Amazon where it's a lot of classic movies. So I've been going back and watching a lot of classics. I'm still watching classics from the 60s and 70s that I never saw. Okay. So that's just where I've been going. Um, I don't always find that everything modern appeals to me, and it's not like a Luddite thing. I just I'm not in alignment for some of the stuff. So um, there, there, there's a lot of great entertainment from the past, which yeah, a lot of people nowadays like. Oh, oh it's black and white. I can't watch that. Oh, it's you know, like it. Just try some some of it out. See yeah, and the, the thing is, it's it's so much easier now to find something and watching it instead of like 20 years ago where you had to go hunt the thing down. Right. You, you, you don't have to, you're so, I guess, blessed is the word in, in the modern area that it's so easy to get a hold of movies and series and music, you know, yeah. and that's, it all right there. And that's why it's like first world problem for me whenever I'm like, I don't know what to watch because I got me too. Much to watch. <laughs> me too. It's like I feel like I have too many services already. Yep. And yeah. I don't know what to do with it. Like I got Amazon, I've got a couple channels on there. I've got Shutter, I got HBO yep. Max that comes with my cable. Um yep. so Yeah, I, I, I got a whole bunch of them just like I just spend more time flicking through them than actually yep. watching something. Yeah, so that's probably what I watched recently was flipping through things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I watch a lot of, like, five-minute YouTube shorts, and there's a several, like, exploitation and cult classic movie channels that I follow. So I'll watch their, you know, like the Horror Geek. Um, oh, I, I love uh, Mike Brack. I love Horror Geek, uh, you know, uh, Dead Meat, uh, uh, Brandon Tenold. Yep, a lot of stuff. Yep, yep, yep. Um, he is the uh, Canadian guy, right? Yes, he's yeah. so funny. He the, the cuckspoitation. That that guy has not changed in like ten years. I know, and he's great. He's funny because he's so deadpan, but he's hilarious. He's on. He's on the uh, In Search of Darkness. Uh, yes, and a bunch of those guys Dark. are too. Um, there's another one, Good Bad Flicks. He's on Search of Darkness too. Yep. So yeah, I'm in tune with all of those 
all those shows. Yeah, I, I probably watch more YouTube stuff than I do yeah. movies. How about uh, Mint? You watch Minty? Minty reacts. He's an uh, Australian. Uh, I might. He does a lot of top tens. Top ten things you didn't know about. Yeah, yeah, Poltergeist. yeah. No, I have, I have, yeah, I have. I, I should bring up my YouTube list. He's a little dry sometimes, but he's fun to watch. I, I just, you know. So whenever one of those guys has got something new. And then I watch um, I watch Jeremy Johns for my reviews, for my movie reviews, because I trust him. Okay. Uh, hang on. Bring it up, bring it up, bring it up. I talked about I used to watch Chris Stuckman my for movie U- reviews. My YouTube um, picks. Uh, off the shelf reviews, I like those. Uh, uh, the, uh yeah, yeah. I think I uh, I, and I watch a bunch of like reaction channels too, because it's yeah. like watching a movie, but it's only like twenty minutes, and you just see somebody else reacting to it. So it's like, yeah, you know, Brandon Tennold, um, uh, Cinnabins react. Have you watched uh, Terry Talks movies? I don't think so. He's okay. Uh, there's another one called. Um, oh, here, here here's a good channel. Uh, CZ's World. Mm. They do like horror history of like it and this and that and stuff. How about Red Eye Reviews? No, I'm gonna have to Ex- write these down. Yeah, Red Eye Reviews, uh, Exploitation Reviews. He does a lot of like. Uh, he doesn't have a very big channel, Exploitation Reviews, but he does. Elvis Alien. <laughs> You ever see him? Mm-mm. Elvis the Alien? Yeah, he's pretty yeah. funny. Uh, I got a lot of gaming stuff because I do... Um, like I game do, ranks? No, I do like um, Skyrim and um, Fallout modding. So oh, I, I got a lot really? of modding channels. Mm. I'm a I'm a very um, average gamer. I, like, I'm, I'm not big into it. I have a PlayStation 5, but um, I'm really looking forward to the Resident Evil 4 uh, remake coming out, mm. because that's probably my one of my favorite games. I've completed it probably like 20 times. There's another channel called Cool Classics, which is like um, mostly it's TV nostalgia. 50s, 60s, 70s. Jim, do you have any uh, do you want to throw in there? I do. Well, I don't have any YouTube watches. I don't, I don't, I'm not a YouTube guy. I don't okay. watch that too much, but that I did, do have a few things that I did watch this week. Um, in the vein of the Frighteners, there was a movie I found, and I think it was on Netflix, called We Have a Ghost. Hmm. It was fun. I mean, it's not a great film by any stretch, but it was fun. David Harbour plays a ghost who can't speak, and this family moves into his house, and into a house that he is inhabiting, and he's run everybody else out, but they decide that they're going to help him, so they, they try and figure out who he is and how he died and all that kind of stuff. Um, that was, that was fun. It was probably a six out of 10. Um, I saw werewolves within for the first time. Mm-hmm. I was surprised by that. There were some really cute moments in that. It was, it was an okay watch. I'd probably give that a six out of 10. The one that surprised me was 15 things you didn't know about Bigfoot. Number one will blow your mind. <laughs> that was, so the premise uh, of that, what's that on? That one is on Amazon prime, I believe. I'll have to look it up, but I think it's on Amazon Prime. Um, it's about this guy who writes clickbait articles for a living, and his company 
sends him out to do a Bigfoot story. No, oh, I'm sorry, it's on Paramount Plus. Mm. Um, and essentially, he's just a a jaded, not very likable character, and this is about his transformation. But it's a fun movie. It, I, I enjoyed it. And then I have a audiobook series that I started, which is Conrad Edison. It's a ripoff. I mean, inspired by Harry Potter. <laughs> Harry Potter. Yeah, it's it's extremely British. The headmaster of their quote unquote university, where they learn spellcraft, is Galfendor. <laughs> so is it is it trying to be funny because it's being a parody? No, it is not. It actually is trying to be very dark. Because this is Harry Potter. If Harry Potter's parents were Voldemort and Bellatrix, I, I I don't know what you're saying. The the bad guys from Harry Potter. If if they were Harry's mother and father. So it's it's okay. It's it's enjoyable enough for a read. I do have an ask though, because I have two authors I would love to get on this podcast that we could talk to. So if any of our three people that listen have any connections. <laughs> Nicholas Sansbury Smith and Mark Tufo, we would love to have you on this podcast. That's it for me, Mark. What about you? Nobody's listening this far. <laughs> you should have said that at the very start. They've all gone to make coffee. I don't know if yeah, I can right. make it through. <laughs> um, I have only, well, uh, The Last of Us, I have to watch it tonight. It would be the most recent one, right? Yeah. Uh, it took a week off, didn't it? I thought it took a week off. I kind of feel like it did, but I don't know if it did because time is meaningless. Yeah. Um, I watched just um, a couple of things. Although I really have to get back on Audible because they have the new Pendergast um, novel. And stuff. Yes, they do. Uh, but I watched uh, the 2022 Japanese high school horror re-slash-member or just okay. remember. Um, this was very disappointing. Yeah. It, this is a kind of Groundhog's Day time loop type thing mm-hmm. where it's like Japanese high school kids relive the same day and at the end of the day they all get killed by this like little girl. Okay. But it's like they don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a weird rom-com. Right, it's you know the awkward girl, and you know, you know there's a lot of that kind of stuff that comes out from Asia, and yeah. it's like nobody seems concerned every day. They know they're going to restart the day, but they know they're going to be killed at the end of the day. Okay, we're all like laughing and having fun during the day. I'm like, you know, you're going to be brutally killed. Although a lot of it's off screen. At right. the end of the day, don't you? But they don't yeah, seem to care. And it's just like... It, it's It's got a... Kind of a video game... Thing to it. Where they have to collect pieces of a body. And put okay. it together. Uh, but this, this was not... A, a good movie for me. It was... A, a, probably... A 4 out of 10. Okay. Yeah, time uh, travel stuff... Or time loop stuff is hard to do and make it, you know, coherent, not wonky or something. Right. And, and, and you can do it really good, like Triangle or um, uh, what's the Tom Cruise one? 
Luke Diamond. Of, uh, and end of tomorrow. Yes, yeah. that's a good one. Did you, uh, either of you ever edge watch? Um, you ever watch the Supernatural series? Yeah, Ray, my my partner was uh, obsessed with it. Um, there's one. They did one episode that was a riff on the Groundhog Day, which was really good. Yeah. Yep. That was really good. It's funny. Joe, I'll tell you the story. We met D. Wallace when Mark and, and his wife and Ray and I were at Spooky Empire. Mm-hmm. And I he's like, so what has she been in that I would know? So I start rattling off all these movies from the 80s that she had been in. He's like, no, no, no. Hang on. You're, I said, you're, you're talking about Ray here, right? I am, yes. Okay, so just like, it's not me. No, it's, it's not you. It's Ray. Sorry. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, so, I am encyclopedic or comes to horror. So Ray, I'm explaining all these movies to Ray, and he's like, no, no, no. And then I finally just said, she's the woman who hit on Dean in the nursing home. And he went, oh, I know her. Yeah, Supernatural is one of those series that they could have stopped at season five, and it would have been fine. They could have stopped. But they went on to like 12 or 13. It's like, stop. Yeah. enough. <laughs> man. Please just stop. Please. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's too much. Yeah. Speaking of stopping, I only have one more thing to talk about. Okay, go ahead, Mark. So I watched um another twenty twenty two movie, which was Smile. Oh, how'd oh. you like it? I liked it okay. Um yep. I thought it was kind of derivative. And it's uh, it's plot. It's overall what it's trying to do, right? Yep. It, it, it's like it reminded me a lot of kind of the early nineties, two thousand J horror, yeah, mm. or even the more recent like It Follows um, type thing. <laughs> I, I think that there was something interesting to say around <laughs> mental health and suicide in it. But I I don't know if it ultimately achieved what it wanted to set out to. I mean, I I kind of like the motif a little bit of you've probably seen the trailer, so it's not a spoiler that like you know there there's something coming after this woman and you know they smile and I think it was an interesting idea about maybe people who have mental health issues. Um, or who are suicidal that appear that they're normal before they commit suicide, right? So they're smiling, right? Right. I, I don't know if that's what they were going after, but that's kind of what I took out of it. Um, but I thought it was good enough. I mean, it, like, it wasn't earth-shattering or anything, and it, like I say, a little derivative, but, you know, I'd give it a 7 out of 10, maybe, mm-hmm. if I'm generous. So watchable, thought, watchable probably once. Yeah, I, I yeah. mean, and I thought the the, the main um, actress, I thought she 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 did well in that performance. She mm-hmm. she was weird. She kind of looks like older than she is. <laughs> I yeah. thought she, I thought she was like my age, like like Jim's age. Uh, <laughs> I thought she was like older. She's like no, she's like twenty years younger. But but she did well in it. Um, yep. I kind of don't like where you have a main character who thinks they're going insane, so they act insane around people. Right. But then trying to say, well, I'm not insane because this is happening. 
I'm like, but you're acting insane when you're you're talking to them. Right. Like, why don't you stop, write something down, or you know, do something a little differently? Don't be like crazy in their face and say, "Why aren't you believing me? I'm not crazy," but you're acting crazy. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, yeah. I mean, it's perfectly fine. It was free on Peacock or something. Though. Something like that. Yeah, and I think that's how I saw it too. And I agree. I agree. There, there was so much that could have been done with that film that I do feel it fell fell short. But it was okay to watch. Yeah, it was perfectly fine. Yeah. I still want to see Megan. Have you either of you watched that? I have. I, I have, haven't seen it. I, I have, have to catch up. I'm the kind of guy that I'm like a year behind. Yeah, it's... I haven't watched it, but I believe it's again. I think on Peacock. They've um, just yeah. released the rated and unrated version, so I'll be watching the unrated version. I bet the unrated it's, version probably had a different vibe to it. Actually, I from what I've heard or what I've read, it does not have much of a difference at all. Really? I've heard people say that there is a difference. So I don't know. I'll, I'll watch uh, it anyway. So no matter. I saw it when it first came out, and we saw the unrated version. So I, I can't compare the two, but it it was fun. So it how, wasn't a great movie, but it was fun. So how much of it leans into the terror of the uncanny valley? Um, I don't think much of it does at all no? because it's, it's more like, it's more like, um, a robot gone bad movie. Mm. That's, but, that's where all the suspense builds to. And that's where it all stems from. So, I think um, that's, a, that's a good pick because we're getting into that uncanny Valley now with all the AI. Yeah. And especially but, now I just got the Bing. Um, I've been on the waiting list for the new Bing. And I just got the Bing thing, and the, some of the stuff you can do with the a, the AI is really scarily impressive. Huh. Like you can have it write songs, you can have oh, it write yeah. stories. I, I've tried trying out that Chat GP or whatever it is. Yeah. I, it, it, you know, I, I, I create it created a uh, poem about Jim. <laughs> it was accurate. But this yeah, one's yeah. also tied into the internet, so you could say, "Write me story in the style of." Stephen King that, you know, you mean you could write a whole story and it can just go and research it all yeah. and then write you a similar. I, I it was writing like songs that actually had lyrics that rhymed and actually sounded pretty good. I, I, I look forward to our AI overlords. <laughs> I think it'll be a good creative tool. But it's good for Springboard. Not only that, have you looked at the um, AI actual music ones where it's like make us make a song like nirvana yeah i've checked out a little bit of it on some yeah, of the youtube channels that i follow because i follow some tech channels too to stay up with it you know jim okay i don't have anything else mark do you uh uh what are we at two hours and 30 that's pretty nope. yeah that's pretty short for our it, it'll be it'll be a little <laughs> a little shorter than that because i gotta edit out all the breaks and my coughing fits <laughs> Joe? Well, no, I don't have anything else. I had a lot of fun. Well, yeah, we appreciate nice. you coming on. Sure. We do. And you're welcome back anytime. Just let us know. Oh yeah, sure. Thank you. Mark? Yeah. You wanna you wanna lead us out? Yeah. Fuck off everyone. <laughs> I mean, Way to alienate your one audience, Mark. I, I, I mean if you're still here, I love you. <laughs> okay. Anyway, from Mark, myself, and Joe, everybody have a good night. Bye. Good night.